If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's. T R P E. The realest podcast ever. Realest podcast ever. Two brothers bringing thinking on a second level. Music, sports, fashion, politics, and the streets. The best two hours out of every week. YDN, dinosaurs, and YPODs. Real talk every time. This is what you need. We just out here popping shit. It's your boy C. Diddy, and Matt makes me sick. TRPE, TRPE, go. TRPE, TRPE, go. The realest podcast ever. The realest podcast ever. Hey, yo, I didn't even realize that the shit was like, I'm responding. Yeah, over here like, yeah, so no, I'm you know. I'm responding uh, to hoes. Yeah, the, turkey the, and cheese. The, on the DM, <laughs> I, I didn't even realize what was going on. We, we back, man. Realest podcast ever, episode 96, because the live show was 95. Yeah. So this, this will come up as like 97, 96 or something. Some old weird. shit. Yeah, some like, weird so, shit. Some like pod bean accounting error. But nonetheless, uh, we out here. Uh, Realest Podcast ever, episode 96. Uh, I'm your host, C. Diddy. I am Matt Makes Me Sick. And uh, we're back for another show, man. We told y'all we are real live podcasters. Yeah. Um, Dude, we are recording really doing it every week on the week, sometimes three episodes in one week, baby. It definitely is three in the last. Seven and a half days. Yeah, real shit. Yeah, look at that. Turn it up for y'all. I hope you hope you appreciate it, man. Uh, coming off the live show, man. I just want to uh, say thank you to everybody that attended, everybody that couldn't attend, that still bought tickets, supported, hit us up about you know merch and all of that shit, man. We appreciate y'all. We can't thank y'all enough. It was like a real like overwhelming feeling, and then even from like. Just the live show energy, and then it directly transferring to like the after party and everybody being uh, together. Like yeah. that was a dope ass night, man. I had a ball. Yeah, I woke up sore. Shit. <laughs> like, that, like, oh, yeah, too that, old for this shit. No, the, the the after party was I, like, I literally. It, it's funny because um, we'll start with the after party, I guess, and we can go to the actual. All live right, show. let's do. <laughs> start with that. Me and you had to stay at the and motherfuckers wasn't like realizing that because everybody at the door, like, because I was like. Uh, thanking everybody for coming out the door, and you was handling the merch at the yeah. table. So I'm like, yo, you really coming to, to, to? I'm like, yes, nigga. Like, they're like, no, you bullshit. Why are you hanging around? I'm like, nigga, we did the show. I'm like, <laughs> I have business here. <laughs> we got other shit to do. So me and you were there actually late. So Jules was waiting for me outside. Yeah. So I came out. Whatever. We rode over to Mirage. Now Lee and them got in there before me. So I guess the girl at the door didn't realize that they were like. Supposed to be with us because right. uh, Vinny had a section like okay. next to our joint. Yeah. So they came in. I guess the girl charged him or whatever. So I came in and like literally the the girl at the door was like, "Oh my god, I charged your fiance and her friends. I didn't mean to. Here, take this. You know what I'm saying?" And right. I'm just like, "Uh, okay. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right. She gave me some cash. I got in the back. So I see her or whatever. Their section was right next to ours. So I yeah. I, I come and sit. She was like, "Yeah, the girl at the front charged me." I'm like, "I don't know what the fuck she's doing." <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy as shit. <laughs> hey, like, yeah, I don't know nothing about plus, that. Hashtag plus forty. <laughs> yeah, I'm up forty, baby. <laughs> Use this for some other nefarious activities. Yeah, but I got in there and literally it was like everybody was like so shocked to see me that it was just like, oh, oh, you really here, huh? I'm 
gonna get you a hookah. I'm gonna get you. We getting this. We getting it. And, and it literally, it was like I had eight hookahs. I had fucking. <laughs> it, I, I don't. I don't remember how many shots I had. When the edible, I thought I was like, oh, we got cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody love us. They bought us cupcakes <laughs> because they bought nah. a bunch of food out. They had like fucking. Mozzarella sticks and and chicken wings yeah. and some the uh, Chrissy was eating like a uh, it looked like like a gyro like like a yeah. like a Greek yeah. plate or whatever. So I see the the cake. I'm like, oh shit, we got cupcakes. I got like halfway into it and one of the girls next to me was like, she you know that's that's a tech John and I'm just like, oh shit, you know what I'm saying? And like, <laughs> well, I'm like, this shit is fucking delicious. <laughs> so I'm gonna just go ahead and knock this shit off and. Literally, it was like the drinks. The the room was spinning. Yeah, like I was. Lit, I, I literally had to jump up and run outside to get air. Like, yo, oh. one of them Jones. I went outside and just walked around yeah. front and South Street with no shirt on in 15 <laughs> degree weather. I had just my white feet on. I was hot as shit. So I came back. I was like, all right. I feel like I'm better. I came back in the 55th Street niggas. They had a section in the middle. Yeah. Tone seen me. Was like, what the fuck you doing in here? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. He's like, come on, we gotta do shots of this. Yeah, take a now, shot. Now I'm drinking Henny with these. <laughs> that shit was a nightmare, yo. Welcome to my life. Yo, real. I'm like, I don't see how y'all do it. Every night, I'll be in the mirror. Like, you ever see that meme with a boy pointing in the mirror? <laughs> Every night before I go out, you are not getting drunk tonight. You are not Yo. getting fucked up. You and are, it's, it's almost impossible. In that, impo in that atmosphere. Because people are not taking no for an answer. It's like, I didn't ask you. I was telling you. Now, get the fuck over here and drink my alcohol. It got to the point where I was just, I was done. And Marv was still in my face. Like, what you drink? Come on. And I'm like, Yo, just give me an orange juice and some and I'm a red orange juice. Like, man, I ain't getting that sissy shit. I'm like, I I don't just bring me a water for real. For real. I don't want to drink. Marv was 7 a.m. Las Vegas drunk yo, on Thursday. Yo. I found him. Like he was just like outside, oh, like roaming around. And I'm like, yo, you cool? <laughs> yeah, I'm alright. But but how you getting home? Yo. I don't know yet. Alright, you Rick, need me to take you home? Rick was drunk Maybe. as shit. Ash was on. Lee and Lee and they was, everybody was on. bombed. It, it was it was it was crazy. Did you see the gender reveal? I missed. The Did gender? you get any of that? No, I didn't oh, catch man. the gender reveal. V, Shalim, no more, uh, no more gender reveals at fucking the club, bro. Ashley was sitting like direct. She was like like on me to my left. Leah was sitting to my right. So I, we heard the, and and you, it didn't sound like a chant, like a. It wasn't like that. <laughs> it was like one of them confetti like shoot out cannon, yeah. And uh, so that instantly, I was just, you know me, I'm nervous. I'm like, oh shit, the fuck is popping <laughs> Going up? Down. You know what I'm saying? They know I'm here. And Ash stood up and was like, oh, I think it's a gender reveal. And I'm literally in the mix of hookah and edibles. I'm just <laughs> like, yeah, okay, whatever. I, I'm like laughing off. So I got up to go to the bathroom. You know, you gotta go down the steps. Yeah. Tree was uh, sitting there with some other chicks that was at the show. They had a section. And so they was talking to me, and the girl was like, did you catch any of the gender reveal? And I was like, oh, they were serious. <laughs> she was like, you don't see all the confetti and whatnot? It was two chicks. They're having a baby. Well, congratulations to those ladies, whoever they may be. It's a girl, because it was pink shit <laughs> everywhere. So I was like, oh, okay. Hey, man. Gender reveal in Mirage. Like, y'all do know we sell alcohol here, right? And hookah. <laughs> and there are drugs being done. <laughs> By everybody. <laughs> By everybody. So, real quick, my edible story. Fucking Lauren is bouncing around. Everybody, like, tech, 
You owe us a cut. You owe us a kickback, bro. Tech, you made probably about eight hundred dollars on Thursday. Yo, I, ain't edibles, I tweeted dog. the other day. I'm like, Tech deserves a Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> like, that, like, yo, he can bring people together. That shit is wild. He was. Everybody was looking for who had the edibles. So, so Lauren's bouncing around. I'm like, uh, she like, um, I'm trying to find Tech, blah, blah blah. So she finally finds him. She walks up to me with a weed brownie that's shaped like what? The marijuana, a marijuana leaf. leaf. Yeah, I saw. So, I saw a couple of those the other. Irony. So, so she passed. She's like, "You want part of this?" I'm like, "Fuck it." I take one of the leaves off. I eat the shit. So later on in the night, the crazy part is you can like. I, did you eat any of the gummies? No. You see, I was wilding. <laughs> I, I had a gummy too. You can taste the like it tastes oh, like yeah. when you smoke. Yeah. I'm like this shit is crazy. Yeah. Did you eat the whole gummy though? Yeah. So I, I not the whole pack, but I ate, uh, like one of the gummies. Yeah. So listen, I so I eat the damn weed leaf or whatever. So like probably about forty five minutes go by, and I just start feeling weird as shit. And I'm like, I only had two shots. That's probably Mike. Like I only had two shots. I only this and that. Why the fuck do I feel like this? And then it gets to the point where at the end of the night, where it's like I'm in my car about to drive off, and I'm like, I can't feel my legs. No. Like, what the fuck is wrong? What? Then I realize I get, I drive Marv home. I drive myself all the oh, way you home. You took Marv. I took Marv home. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Marv, you're welcome. Marv's girlfriend, you're welcome. So, so I go. No, but you said you found him. I, I found him. He was he was like wandering. <laughs> He was running. So I, end up, I drive him home. I drive myself home. I finally get home and I'm like, you ate an edible. You're a fucking idiot. And I, uh, it, it didn't kick in until I ordered uh, Uber Eats from the only place that was open, which was Crispy Crunchy Chicken at the, oh, the yeah. gas station. Yeah, you know you hitting bottom of the barrel. Like 10 tenders, yeah. four biscuits, and some, <laughs> some uh, potato wedges. For $182. <laughs> exactly. yeah. At 7 yeah, in the morning. Yeah. It's the only shit open. Then I was like, oh, you had an edible. That was a bad joke. So uh, yeah, that was that was my night I with woke edibles. up the next morning and like literally I was in I'm like, my shoulders hurt. <laughs> And and she was like, I'm like, you ever had like the weight of the world on your shoulders? I'm like, that's what the fuck it feel like. You know what I'm saying? A real talk. I woke up the next morning and was like, my my shoulders are hurting. I was just like, you know, how you like have like if you have somebody on your shoulders, that's yeah. how the shit felt. I'm just like, oh, what the fuck? Like, this is like, bad. Yeah, I was I was sluggish as shit. Didn't really move. Then I, I bumped into Jules. He like, huh? You want some? He had more. I'm just like, everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Dog, no. I, like, stop this. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm cool. Last night was enough. Like, that, that was, it was fun. I, I can't do it every day yeah. or every six months, but... It, it it was fun. It was a nice after party situation. Happy birthday, Dre. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it, was, it was definitely a. Is it Vince's birthday too? Vince's birthday was the day. I don't know. Because Vince, about, was, Vince I, was out all weekend. I'm about, yeah, Vince. Vince was, was with. It was, it was, Vince point, was it was Vince, pointy shoes everywhere. Yo, Vince was Vince with was, us uh, Thursday. <laughs> then Vince was with me again Saturday yeah, in DC. Right. Then Vince was uh, Sunday. He was at Noto, and then he came to recess after that. Yeah. But it, it was definitely his birthday because he had one of the happy birthday Tower yeah. Jones in there. And the, um, 
I don't know. I don't know if his birthday's today or if it was. Whenever it is. Happy, happy birthday, birthday Vince. Vince, yeah. Vince was carrying that shit all weekend. Yeah, starting Vince, Thursday. He he hit me yesterday like, yo, bro, that shit was such a fun atmosphere. We need to do that shit more often. I'm like, dog, I almost retired three different times <laughs> during, during the night. You see the picture I posted Patrick Ewing when he was on the Magic. I'm like, yo, this is really how I looked in, in uh, Mirage the other night. Like, dog, I need to hang it the fuck up. Like, that shit ain't for me no more. But it, it was it was fun. It was cool. You know what I'm saying? Now the actual show show was bomb as fuck. Show was lit. People was cursing us. Well, person was cursing me out. My text messages. Yeah, y'all came out late. Blah blah. I'm like, we was late because our special guests. We well, didn't plan to come out late. We yeah. kind of just was like. I was bullshitting in the back. I was never coming out at 8 o'clock. So I just told y'all to come at 8 o'clock. I was never coming out at 8 o'clock. When you was like doors open at 8, we hit the stage around 8.30. I'm like, cool. Then when I got there, I saw the actual tickets. And it said doors open at 7. And I'm like... So they're going to sit around for an hour and a half <laughs> wait for us to come out? So remember, I was there early. So I yeah. went in the back. So the girl was like, you need anything? I'm like... You can bring me some flatbread and a salad and um, a Red Bull. She's like, oh, the refrigerator's tons of Red Bulls. Take as many as you want. I'm like, okay, cool. So then when Chad showed up, I'm eating, drinking. I'm watching uh, the game. Chad walked in like, Yo, you're living your best life. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Like full-blown celebrity mode. Duh, I'm like, yeah. So you had walked off. I guess she was with Amanda. So then the dude came in the uh, green room to me because I was back to relief. He came yeah. in the green room and was like, um... Uh, what time do you guys plan on hitting the stage? So I looked. It was 8.34. I'm like, oh, shit. We- I guess now. <laughs> I tried to push it to 9 o'clock. I'm like, yeah, we playing the fuck around. I'm like, I, could, I couldn't find our special guests. I was like, yeah, I ain't ready to go in yet till I confirm his fucking whereabouts. We actually could have done it without it. We we got into such a good groove and yeah. a flow. It's like it is what we do. The funniest part was Ao showing up 50 minutes late and then just bursting in the room like Chad, <laughs> <laughs> like a bad parent like, during like your recital. Was, yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> Kevin Hart's dad. <laughs> oh. And then he, his, his his entrance on stage. He 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 climbed on the stage. Yeah, like I'm he like, I'm like I'm like somebody that works here. Take Ao around to the stage. He like. No, I'm going to just come up there on my own. So he climbed up a table, some chairs, and came on stage. Like. With Macho Man pants on. Crazy <laughs> as shit. Fucking Zubas. Yeah. Fucking Zubas. The, the, the Venice Beach workout. Yeah, deal. the official pants of the Cincinnati Bengals. Icky Woods edition. Dim Jones. Icky Woods. But, um... Yeah, the show was 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 lit, man. It, it was fun as shit. Everybody, energy was dope, man. Y'all participated. We had to pull teeth to get questions at the end, but we don't y'all got into the groove y'all got going. Uh, Lee was actually like, next joint y'all do if y'all do it here, because you know Philly is just it's hard. You know yeah. what I'm saying? If you're not a celebrity, it's hard. Like if we'd have, you know if we'd have had Stevie J, you know what I'm saying, or Jeezy, <laughs> you know niggas would have been running on the stage with twirling their shirts over their head. <laughs> but she was like, what you should do is when people come in in the lobby have a question bowl and oh, get we, people to we'll write already them down have and them. throw them in there. Yeah. That way they don't have to stand up and right. be on, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah, that's a pretty good idea. Score one for uh, for Lee. Question yeah. bowl next show. But um, no, the, the show was, was I, from what I thought it was going to be, was way better. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, we packed that motherfucker. They packed in. Like, yeah. I was literally, like, the, I ain't gonna hold you. We was cursing y'all the fuck out on Tuesday. Yo, real, real talk. We was cursing y'all. The, I was like, listen, if we don't get 200 people, show canceled. The whole show. <laughs> Not the live show. The show show. The show show. <laughs> like, me and Matt might have did another podcast, but TRPE was canceled. Real shit. If y'all didn't support this shit. I'm like, it's time for a rebrand, baby. We just baby. showing up on another podcast with Ski Mask. <laughs> like, nah, this ain't right. <laughs> <laughs> nah, this ain't right. <laughs> nah. Real talk. <laughs> 
But um, it was funny because Slap, shout out to Slap. Slap was just like, yo, Philly is a last minute city because they they do the uh, we're actually gonna do a joint joint for sure. us in the uncensored podcast. But Slap, he was saying how when they did their live show, they sold a bunch of tickets like the first couple days and then it just we stopped. Did. And he was like, literally the day before and the day of was when they sold out. And I I saw it with my own eyes yeah. the other day. Like same shit. We had yo we uh Amanda Straight said somebody tried to walk in at nine fifty. Yeah. I'm like, yo, you think I could just come in real quick? <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> she was like, the show is supposed to be over in yeah. 10 minutes. Motherfucker's still trying to get in at 9.50. Like, that's Philadelphia for you. And I'm like, Philly's one of those. It ain't like a... Oh, shit, y'all doing something? Huh, give me three tickets. Huh, give me six. Right. Huh, give me seven. Huh, give me this. Let me get that. And then we'll figure it out. It's... Last second. All right, Meek not giving out yeah. no coats. All right, uh, you know this ain't going. Ain't nobody on. smoke my AI, ass. AI ain't in Fridays. I ain't get shot today. All right, who, who down there? Oh, you down? All I'm a, right, I'm gonna I'm a fall through. I'm gonna slide. Say slide. And, and niggas is pulling up. Listen, Saturday my party in DC. Motherfuckers was hitting me at ten o'clock. The doors was open. We in another city. People from Philly hitting me at ten o'clock. Yo, you got some more. What it look like down there? Yeah, you got some more of them tickets. <laughs> Can you meet me by, by the club? Yeah, so I saw it with my own eyes. Motherfuckers really was pulling up like at go time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like walk-ins and shit. Like motherfuckers who like are real live contrib. Like Brosco got his ticket that day. Roscoe was on the intro. <laughs> He's a part of the show. I wanted to get Roscoe up. I, I, it just it was too. It, was it didn't too, work out. It was too much going on. And I told him when he walked in. I said, "You might be hitting the stage. Hold on." I never saw him again. <laughs> yeah, I, I, literally after the show, he came. I'm like, "Oh shit!" I didn't because it was. And that's another thing. People don't realize, yo, them lights on stage, bright as a motherfucker. You can't see shit. I I could see Ra, Jules, uh. Marv, they were like yeah. right, Ryan. They were right in the front. Anything past them, I couldn't see. I couldn't even see Big Dan. I couldn't see nobody. <laughs> I couldn't see past Big Dan. I couldn't see anybody. And then once they cut the lights down, I was like, all right, now I can start. To you like heard make me out every couple trip. minutes, like, oh shit, they go. Uh, oh, okay, they go. You know, because I'm like, I can't see yeah. these motherfuckers. But um, the show was 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 great. It was um definite success in my book. You know what I'm saying? Um, we had fun. You know what I'm saying? I had a great fucking time, man. I, I, I was thoroughly surprised. At one point, I just laid down on the stage because I couldn't take any more <laughs> AO's antics. And uh, somebody was telling me she was like, she was trying to get a picture of Chad on stage on the on the floor, and I'm like, on the floor when? She was like, well, he was on stage. I'm like, I guess I just missed it. <laughs> at one point, I sat down. And another point, I just I just laid down. I'm like, yeah, we're we're gonna get canceled. It's yeah. gonna be over. A AO's a he he's a riot. You know what I'm saying? AO's like, crazy. He's stuck in a time warp. Yeah. 2011. Yeah. He like that was my time. That was it? Real talk. The um, how do you feel about going forward with these shows? Um, I think that you know we uh, I think we we established the groundwork for being able to grow the live show portion of the podcast very fast. I think like I think that uh, Punchline was a good room to be in. Um, you know we still had you know a couple more tickets we could have sold to really sell that room out. Um. 
shout out to the punchline staff. The way that they aligned everybody to where everybody was in the sight line and all of that to really maximize the room was brilliant. Like they really know what the fuck yeah, they're doing over there. Yeah, this staff is really, really good. Really, really good. They're like, really, they really dope nice. As fuck. So thank you to Amanda and everybody that work over there at Punchline. Um, but I, I think we have the opportunity that like in a year we could be like selling out the Met like yeah. with like our live show I think like I think that you know we we started in the right like you, you, they always say you want to um, start how you plan to finish or right. whatever like that so I think we starting in the, started in the right size room we got a right strategic partnership I already talked to you about like some people that want to come on and sponsor the next right. live show and stuff like that we talked to about making it more of like an overall event as opposed to just a live show going forward in different ways we can like you know brand together and you know that's what I was looking for and working with uh, punchline when I selected them for the venue as a partner going forward and how can we scale this thing up and being you know with Live Nation you go to TLA you can go you know here here it's like so many different venues right. we talked with them about doing stuff in Delaware at the Queen already because you know we got people that we deal with that's right. in Delaware that got a big following Nerd at the Cool Table and, and you know the Dirty Delaware crew and all of that so I think that um, punchline was the right room the atmosphere was great the energy was great we're going to do a couple more shows there, and then we're just going to try to grow this thing as quickly as possible. Yeah, yeah, no. It's like, literally, I, I I was telling you, I had so many people, and it's wild how you create a buzz. Because, you know, I've never created a buzz. You know, <laughs> This is it. I've never had a mixtape. <laughs> you know, I've never had to do this shit. So it's like, I literally just go and play cards, and yeah. I get left alone. So it's like, to, to do this and, you know, for us to sell... You know, over 200 tickets. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Because for this joint, for a first show, is decent as shit because one, people don't know what to expect. Two, we don't know what the fuck we doing for real, for real. Exactly. You know, like we we knew to this. Like the Roots picnic was a different ball game. We didn't have to do jack shit, but come there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We really didn't like. They got the best mics. They had the headsets. We got a stage. We got this, this, that, and the third. And it doesn't have to get promoted because it's the fucking Roots picnic. Exactly. And it's at Delaware <laughs> fucking. Exactly. Ad, you know, like, exactly. you just don't have to do that. With this, we really had to like. You know, outsource, and we had to get shout out yeah. to Rod. We had Rod doing the graphics. We had this going on over here, this going yeah, there. Like had, it just uh, was. Reef a, did the shirts. It just was a lot going on. You know what I'm Marty saying? G's Marty G's printed, printed the, shirt. the shirts. Like it was in really, one day. Yeah, really, it was like a lot going on that we had to like be hands on with, and for us to open up this way with with like this much force, and now, like I said, it's created the buzz to where everybody sees it. You know what I'm saying? Like. Even if you wasn't trying to see yeah. it, you somebody was posting a picture. Listen, somebody I had like five thousand page views uh, the day of and the day after the podcast, and now my average for the week is still hanging around like twenty seven hundred or some motion. I was like in the gym yesterday. Boy came up to me. He was like, "Yo, I, I, he's like, I, the other day my um, he's like my fiance and her, and her three girlfriends they went to this live podcast, and I'm just like, oh, you know what I'm saying, like." <laughs> It's how he starts the conversation. What the AO do? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so he was like, yeah, she, um, they were saying how much fun they had. And 
he was like, I see the pictures, and he was like, I'm looking like I know Ball from somewhere. Yeah. He's like, he's like, not the light skin Ball, but he's like, I'm looking at the joint, like I know you from somewhere. He's like, then I see you in here, and I had the one of the shirts on yesterday. Right. So he was like, when I when I see you on the gym, I'm like, oh, okay, that's why I, I see him in the gym all the time. He's like, yeah, yeah, my my my, my folks, they said they they had a fucking ball at that joint. I'm like, yeah, no, nah, that shit was fun as fuck. He's like, yeah, man, I, I'm at the slide to the next one, and it's like that's really yeah. how it be. Like, that's where it's at. People like, oh shit, it it wasn't no. Bullshit, these niggas actually came and showed up and it seemed to be enjoyable and shit like that. So, you know, seems like it's going to be a good thing. Man, the live show, the energy was great, man. Everybody came out. And um, like you said, with, as far as the buzz goes, like, it's, you know, people been hitting me up. A couple people was, was late to the party. Like, oh, man, I'm down there on Saturday. I'm like, bro, that shit was yesterday. Bro, <laughs> I literally, I went to my depot Friday because I had to... Uh, Drop off some paperwork. And literally, my homie, he seen me and was like, yo, that live show next week, baby. We pulling up. And I'm like, that joint was yesterday. He was <laughs> like, last night, bro. He was like, hey, yo, just posted it. I'm like, nah, you ain't see the little thing at the bottom on the left. It say three days ago. He posted it on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. And the shit was yesterday. It's, so It's one of them old niggas don't understand the internet yeah. moments. He's he was like, like the, ah. the, the, <laughs> defeated by the Instagram logarithm. He was like, so when the next one? I'm like, we putting it together now. We got me with them this week. We actually looking to do two of them. You know what yeah. I'm saying? He's like, well, when it's done, let me know so I can, like, the day is Meet done. Meet a personal invite. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah, I got you, man. It, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's wild seeing the buzz get created yeah. after the fact. You know what I mean? You got so many people like, damn, man, like, I, I literally, Kev, Nick, Luck, like, just so many people was like, had shit going on, like, oh, yeah. I couldn't make that joint, whatever, whatever. But I'm definitely the next one, so it's just like, yeah, they're like, Building the buzz and creating it, and it would be fly as shit to where, like, if we look up in a year and we did like a New Year's Eve joint at right. the Met, that would be fucking awesome. Yeah. So, you know, that's what we shooting for. That'd be lit. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, for sure. I mean, at this point, man, it's just about Hopefully you know, it goes the right way. Continuing the consistency, uh, growing the brand. Um, you know, stepping out there. Uh, <clears throat> for those of you that missed the shirts, we didn't do like an official like shirt drop like online or anything like that yet. But I do have you know design and all that, and we can just print them on demand. So. Uh, we're going to drop the shirts today. Anybody that want to order them, DM me, DM Matt, whatever. we get y'all your shirts by the end of the week. Yeah, I got one more small and one more 3X on. I got nothing. That's it. I got two extra larges. That's one is going to California, and then one is uh, going to my man, my cousin Brand. I, I turned into Mesquite the other day. I was riding around <laughs> trapping shirts every fucking way for a little second. But, um, but yeah, nah, because uh, a couple people hit me say they want hoodies and shit like that, so yeah. we're going to get all of that done. Uh. We got a special guest here today. Got a special guest. You want if you could you can throw the headphones on if you want or if you don't want it don't matter. But you can hear us better with the headphones on. Introduce yourself, player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just Mike the poet. We got uh, we got the biggest poet in the city. Uh, you want the biggest poet in the country? Like I didn't see you on tour. The world, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Give uh, everybody like your social media handle, like the elevator pitch of you know who you are, what you do, and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I go by the name of just Mike the poet professionally. Um, Social media wise, that's all of my handles uh, are going to be just Mike the Poet, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, the whole nine. But yeah, I'm a I'm a poet. Um, I don't I don't really think you know it's the elevator pitch to I guess what I do. Um, ultimately, uh, I I'm in touch with the woman's psyche and her emotional state, and I use that as a platform to speak to them. Gotcha. Um, and then. 
it's, everything just kind of ballooned from there. Right. Um, so uh, tell everybody where you're from. You're from Philly, right? Yeah, South Philly my whole life. Yeah. How did you get into poetry? Um, it was, honestly, it was a heartbreak, man. I had a girl. We was together for years. And uh, ultimately, the day before I proposed, she broke up with me. Wow. Um, and, and that shit was devastating, yeah. And uh, How old were you when it happened? I was uh, 22, 25. I was 25 years old, circa 2012. So, nah, I was 27. It was it happened in 2011. So, 2011, 2012, yeah, 11, 9, 9, 20. Somewhere pre 30. Some, some, somewhere pre 30. <laughs> yeah, 24, 25. Man, I do a lot of drugs. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I do a lot of drugs. Well, no, I do one drug a lot. <laughs> one drug a lot, right? Not a drug lot of drugs. Lot. Yeah, a lot of drugs ain't good for you, but one drug a lot. Yeah, so yeah, I was I it. was 26. Make a long story short, man, I spent every day with this woman three years straight consecutively. Um, and that was redundant, but yeah, I spent every 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 day with her, and then uh, I guess you know when like that young love, family, and all these other influences come into play, and uh, life comes into play. And it was one of them situations where we was like shacking. It was like, yeah. yo, you know, I was your nigga, but, you know, I ain't had no papers on you. And, like, the, the level of house we was playing, like, putting somebody through school, getting them their own place when stuff ain't work out, paying for car notes and car insurance. Right. Like, really you was all in. Woman. Right. I was all in. So it's like at this point, you know, I mean, if you're really all in, then you're going to be, you might as well go to Jared. <laughs> yeah. So right. I'm like, you know, and then we kind of we kind of went through our, our, worst, our worst rough patch, like, uh, she wanted to go to law school, and that was always the plan. I ended up dropping out because we was both in college. And um, ultimately, the amount of time we spent together, it made her grades drop. She went from a 3.7 when I met her to a 2.3 she graduated with. Damn. And you could see how the relationship kind of reflected negatively on everything. So everybody was beefing with me. They saw that this young black girl, she was from South Philly, too, across the tracks. Mm -hmm. Her life was amazing. And then this guy come in, and all of a sudden, she's in love, but... Like, the rest of her life ain't as where it should be. So right. I said, all right, well, I'm going to do the responsible thing. Everybody on my back, I'm going to propose to her. But at the same time, she was like, Mike, I know, I guess in the back of her mind, she was like, yo, if this dude goes to law school with me, I ain't going to get out. So um, she was like, I might have to end this relationship. But So she's in, in that, you know, mind state. But I'm in the mind state like, all right, you know what? I'm going to double down. And I'm right. going to go to Jared, and we're going to do this a responsible way. And just I, just like I dropped out of school, I'm going to move to the city your law school is in, and we're just going to make it happen. Right. And, yeah, that's when, you know, positive and negative hit. Um, I was sick, man. I was sick. And I took a whole bunch of pills. I woke up in the uh, Misericordia, 54th and Cedar. Oh, man, you lucky you made it out of the yeah, Misericordia. Yeah. Um, man, and the, and the nurse, man, I woke up. They pumped my stomach and all those things. And she was like, yo, you just had a bad day. She let me walk the hall of the psych ward. She's like, these people are like crazy. You, you just had a bad day. So I want you to use your journal and write your way out right. this next time. And then I everything just kind of ballooned from there. I started writing the shit. And then I started putting it on Facebook. And then Instagram had just came out and it was for iPhones only. Yeah. I, you know, I started putting it on Instagram. And they was like, yo, this is dope. You should write more. And I did it. They was like, yo, you should write books. So I did it. They was like, yo, you should perform. So I did it. They was like, yo, you should get other poets and come to other cities besides Philly. And I think everything that I've done, like, professionally was just me doing what the people who follow me asked me to do. Mm. That's crazy. Yeah, God is good. Yo, you got a dope story, man. And and, and it's crazy that, like, not a lot of people know your story. Like, they know your... Yeah, they know who I they am. They know who you are. They know they your presence. They know your talent. Here. They don't right. know how the path to how you yeah. got here. So yeah. I think that's important for, like, you know, 
platforms like us and other people, other platforms and stuff like that to talk to people like you to understand like the backstory and sure. what creates one yeah. of the biggest, most popular, successful poets in the country. Like that's yeah. major. Yes. So like, do you go to like poetry? I guess they, do they still call them poetry jams? Yeah, I mean they like uh, at the, at this level. I don't really I don't really go to them. Like I, I kind of put them on. Okay. Um. But yeah, I mean they poetry. I mean they're just poetry shows. I guess. Okay. Um. You, there's, there's all different kinds of poetry. Well, really two different kinds. You got like slam poetry, which is really like high level intellect, uh, high level like. Uh, Who needs an alarm in the morning? When McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles. And a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That's one where, they, where they be screaming at you and shit. Yeah, that's where they be yeah. screaming, where they do snappings. It's like judges. It's yeah. like rounds. It's like that that competition aspect of it. And then you got like open mic spoken word situations where you got everything from like high-level poets to people who just in their phone trying to get their shit off. Yeah. Um. So that like the spoken word joints is more like more that Love Jones kind of feel. But then you got like this whole world of like professional poets from teenagers to adults where they just travel to different places and they like compete, right. like the competitive side of it. Mm. But I stay I stay out of that. I I I threw my hat into that arena one time because I, I don't like to be slighted. Like people sleep on me. They think because I write a certain way that I couldn't write the other way. So I entered into one of these poetry competitions and I won. And after that, I kind of stayed away from that. Oh, so you just did it as like a mic drop moment. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> they all got me fucked up. It's like, what you mean? You know, because I think like I think a lot of a lot of poets, it's like um, it's like colleagues who are like you know battling wits with each other that sort of way. Yeah. And it's like I mean that shit might be you know oh I did a better poet than this other renowned poet. Like nah, I don't give a fuck about that. I want to use my poetry as a vessel to help people who are hurting. Like that. that's yeah. where I get my gratifications, not yeah. like awards. And then it, it kind of changes the way you write because, you know, double entendres, similes, hyperboles, metaphors, haikus, those sorts of things, like a pretty expansive vocabulary. That's yeah. cool. As Cassidy when, would say, figurative language. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. But then when you got a girl from Abbotsford who going through some shit with her baby father or who who dad doing life, she really can't comprehend double entendres and right. similes and hyperbole. But how do I reach her? So you got to kind of split the baby that way. Right. And I go in this way. So... How would you say that the overall relationship and the fallout of it contributed to you saying, I'm going to focus on women in my poetry? Like, that's that's my target audience. Well, you know. It was, was it something that you felt like you did wrong or could have did better in a relationship that made you say, let me use my words to heal other women? You know what's crazy? It was like in the beginning, this shit was all bitter. I felt like take care, Drake, or like, <laughs> you know. Um, I was angry. I was an angry nigga, so I was writing angry poems. And then I think that with me being a guy, I guess more women were probably attracted to me than, than men initially. But the transition that shifted to writing to women was kind of like a business decision in a sense. You know, I just remember a kiss line. He was like, you know, the chicks that buy it, the thugs that dub it, right? So it's like, all right, if I'm if I'm venturing off into this space and I want this space to be able to pay my bills, like, how can I get it to do that? Right. And I think that women control like the dollar, in a sense. So it's hey, like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna strategically um, speak to women because right. they were the majority of my followers and they were the majority of the people who came to shows and shit. Right. So it was kind of that transition. It's like, all right, so now that I know that y'all are gonna be my support system, then how can I support you in return? Right. 
that sort of thing. So basically, um, it's kind of like a chicken or the egg kind of kind of yeah. situation, so to speak, because it's like they kind of went hand in hand. It's exactly. So it's like you look out in the crowd, you see eighty percent women. You're like, well, my art probably needs to reflect my audience. Right. Got you. Right. Yeah, I remember I got my heart broke when I was like 23, and I didn't get a haircut for like five months. Yeah. <laughs> That shit was weird. Yeah, I mean, it puts yeah. you in a weird space. Like, you know, like for me, it's like I'm an all or nothing. Like, uh, you know, peaks and valleys is, is is how I would describe myself. So, you know, that, that peak is probably, yeah, just like the poet sold out shows. But that valley is, you know what? I, I don't even want to see past this heartbreak, so I just end it all right now. Like, I'm going to take my ball and go home type of right, thing. Right. And I just thank God that God had other plans because that could have just been the end of this whole thing. Yeah, yeah very true. Did, did you ever see her again? Yeah, man. We linked. Like, she, um, after my first book came out, she actually came to the crib and caught one. And then um, we had linked up another time. She had came to the city for something else. And... Um, we we kind of hung out. I don't think it was ever to the point where we tried to get back together right. with each other. Um, but no, like we, I, I've definitely seen her. I still got relationships. She got a little sister that I'm super tight with, so um, that's cool. I fuck with her. But other than that, it's like man, she's she's doing her own thing now. Gotcha. I had a good joke, but we we in a serious <laughs> moment. Right no, now. no, no, joke me. <laughs> no, no, joke me. Yeah, I, no, like I, I get it. You know what I'm saying? We, I think we as men, we don't really talk about. We've all been there. You know, your first heartbreak for men is rough. For sure. And yeah, that was like it. we, 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 we go. We it, it gets bad. Yeah, for sure. Bad, bad. Trust yeah, I me. I definitely like my my first joint was probably around like like around like 22, 23. It's always like 22, 23. Yeah, I definitely thought about consuming like four thousand aspirins. Like uh, <laughs> I would, I, I like, I wanted to hurt. I want yeah. to crack her head over. Yeah, listen, no, I found out. I found my like my my first like love girl that I was really in love with. And actually, it was funny. We still cool to this day. But like, I found out she had like a whole nother boyfriend. Like a like she was like she had a schedule. I was like uh, four days a week. The nigga was on house arrest, so she <laughs> so she was like going over his crib on like Wednesdays. Like it was like some weird shit. And yeah. like his mom was in on it. I'm like, yo, everybody. I'm like somehow, some way, everybody's laughing at me. And I was like, nobody. Did you? But then when you, once you get over your ego and you realize like a lot of times that shit is you know it's contained within you know a handful of people right. but you when it's happening to you you feel like the world is like crashing down on yes. you and it's like the pa paranoia and it's just like yo you was in on it. I'm cursing our girlfriends out all type of shit like it, you want to see the worst in a man see somebody yeah. mid mid heartbreak mid heartbreak is crazy as shit for men cause we your ego be bruised that's Bad. really what it be you, yeah. it's just it's nothing but your ego and your pride it don't even be like yeah. you get over it and you realize like her shoes is cheap. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, 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 she you, didn't wash her butt that good. <laughs> so, like, you get over it, you be like, I don't even give a fuck. But in that moment, you really just be like, motherfucker come up to you, like, grinning. You like, pussy, was you in? Like, you know, you, you, you exactly. with this bitch? Who told you? <laughs> like, that's how you yeah, yeah, right. It's like when, uh, when, uh, uh, Mitch, uh, <laughs> when Mitch's nephew got kidnapped, and like everybody's, you looking at everybody right. different. Man. Right. Talk. <laughs> yeah, that's sure. a wild situation. The um, so we, you got a show coming up? He said that, right? Yeah, I got a show. Uh, you, you actually, you say you do something every month. Yeah, I do a monthly at Punchline uh, every month. But in February, I'm not going to do one because. Um, I'm going to be a part of like a larger situation. It's me, gotcha. two other poets, and a comedian. We doing like this love laugh thing around Valentine's Day weekend. So I got a, like a four city situation Dope. in uh, February. But then at March, I'll be right back at Punchline for the monthlies. Now, when you do the monthly at 
punchline? Is it a comedy? Poetry? Nah, it's, nah, it's it's strictly a uh, it's strictly a poetry thing. Oh, okay. I just used uh I just used punchline as a space yeah. because I like seated I like seated venues and there's not a lot of spaces within you know the Live Nation network that you can get 300 right. seated. Like uh you know before I used to just be TLA and that's where I would do my shows. Um and then the first one I did was like a thousand people. That was back in 2013. And then I'm like you know what. I want to do something more often, but I don't think I could do a thousand people all the time. Yeah, you so got to ramp go? up for that. Yeah, you got to ramp up for that. But um, I mean, Philly, I pull in at least three hundred solid pretty much every time that I come. Yeah. But it's like, where do I bring them people? And with my existing Live Nation situation, it just made sense. Like they gave me the best deal. Yeah. Shout yeah. out Live Nation. We yeah, just get, partnered get, with they, them for our show and shit. Yeah. They, uh, we're gonna be doing at least do? two more yeah. before yeah. the summertime. Yo, yeah. deal with Amanda, right? Yeah, yeah Amanda. Yeah, she's good. She's great. She's cool as motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that was my whole thing. Like, when you say you're doing that punchline, I'm like, is it like a comedy poetry yeah. or is it like actual, like, real serious, you no. know, because, you know. So, yeah. I, now, you said you would have a 1,000 at the TLA. Yeah. That, and that would be standing. That was standing. That's crazy. Yeah, God, we went good. through that with this whole motherfuckers thinking they was going to stand for the whole podcast. <laughs> right. it's just like, right. nah. We got all the questions in the world. Yeah. So, these general admission seats, <laughs> are they actually seats or is it like a space on the Yo, wall? next right. time we do a show, because Philly is crazy as shit, I figured it out. I put it together <laughs> the other day. I meant to tell you this. So, the reserve seat and so fast as shit. Yeah. I'm about to make the whole venue. Phil, you were I'm making that. the whole venue reserve seat. 55 reserve seats <laughs> sold the first day. And then you had literally so many motherfuckers like, damn, I missed the reserve, Jones. Like, what's, what's the. I'm like, yo, we just gonna do 350 reserve, reserve seats. seats. Just fuck yeah. it. Yeah. The thing about Philly is, and um, I had a girl literally hit me the day before, like I can't do general admission. I'm like, oh, sis, yeah, for sure. they the same chair, <laughs> the same, same chair, the same oh, table. Like they just gonna get the chair from over here and put it. Over I try here. to tell that to the girls I fly out who only want first class and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, it's you ain't gonna get here no faster. No faster. But yeah, uh, my man Coco, uh, the Godfather of, of Philly uh, nightlife, he said he told me he's like, Chad, everybody in Philly's VIP. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. like, he's like, that's just what it is, like. And I don't care what you do. Like, I do my it, VIP it, it tickets is $40. Everything. My general admission is $10. And you don't get nothing but a sign <laughs> and a sign seat. But them VIP joints go faster than ever. Than ever. It's crazy. So I just, you know, you gotta, you gotta, I just add more. Take from the 10s and add to the 40s. It's the craziest and shit. Then, and then people will still do it. They'll realize that, okay, I've been to a show and it's a $10 girl right. sitting right behind me, but they'll still pay that $40 the next time. So I, that's your fault. Because it's just a sense of pride Literally. With, with VIP. And it's just like, or or nothing. People like people that go out and actually participate in like social activity. It's nothing that they like more than being. Hey there! Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. 
told they can't do something right, or right. you can't go somewhere right. or we don't have any more tickets. Right. Announce some shit is sold out and watch people lose their minds. Right. What do you mean it's sold out? What the fuck is going on? Yep. Well, we've been selling tickets for a month and a half. Yeah, but I ain't get my ticket. What the right. fuck you mean it's sold out? Who I gotta want talk to? The VIP shit or the deal? It's the crazy... <laughs> it's the right. crazy... Like, yeah. nothing facts. in between. Facts, facts. Because like, if you... It, 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 I got my people who only come if they VIP and it's the niggas that will only come if I let them in for free. If you sell burgers and they five dollars, motherfuckers like I ain't spending five dollars for the burger. You know what I mean? They two for ten. Two for ten. Just give me four. It's either a super deal or the VIP shit. It's just and it, the, the deal don't even save no money and the VIP don't even be nothing different. Yeah, and it's it crazy that you, you you in a whole different lane than us and you experience the same as X. I've, sure. re- I've really had to, a whole conversation with a chick the day before the podcast. She was like, "Yo, the, she's I went online. The reserve zone's gone." I'm like, "It was going a month ago," right. and she was like, "Well, damn, like you know, I um ain't nothing you can do because I, I can't send in the in the general area." And I'm like. The general area is seven feet away. It's an intimate room. <laughs> 300 people. No. And I literally found a girl who couldn't come to the podcast to sell her a reserved seat. You know? It, 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 like, literally. I and just, I don't know what she charged her, but she was like, she literally told me, I'll pay anything. So I'm literally telling the girl, I'm like, yo, charge her 300 <laughs> <laughs> For sure. For sure. I've, I've transitioned from trying to break the game down to people to just taking their money at this point. You know, if you, exactly. <laughs> I, I'm not even going to argue with you. Since you want to be VIP, I just added some. Hey, Amanda, can you add me 20 and take 20 from the generals? Go ahead, says pay your 40. Only problem I, <laughs> I feel like we experienced with the um, show was we didn't hit them over the head at the door. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah, When yeah, in yeah. hindsight, we probably could because, yeah. you know. Like oh, yeah. it, it's it's so weird that people are like that when it comes to just you, you got to stop questioning it, man. I, I learned a long time ago that you got to stop questioning people's psyche and just take advantage of it. Right. And it's just a change of school of thoughts. Right. Um, and then you know, uh, yeah, hitting them in the door, you know, accommodating people for no apparent reason, whatever it do to get the money because people don't want the people don't want the wisdom no more. They just want to feel special. Yep. Yeah. Sad to say. The sad to say. Yeah, that's some real shit. Cause you gonna try to be accommodating, and they like, yeah, no, fuck all that. Nah, they want you to be a capitalist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, take capitalist. my money, please. It's yeah. like the fucking memes exactly. with, with Fry on uh, Futurama. You said earlier you wrote a book. How many books have you done in total? Uh, I've, I've written five books myself. Okay, and uh, I started a publishing company, and I've published I think ninety six other books for other Holy people. Holy shit! Yeah, guys, Damn. good. Yeah, that's lit. Ladies, yeah. he's rich, ladies. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> that is that part. <laughs> No, I got Holy shit. No, that's that's a, that's amazing. Yeah, that's I haven't really had to write a book since 2016. Like I remember my first books came back every like 9 months, my first two. And then it was like, you know, after I cashed out on my second book, it was like, all right. I usually didn't drop books until I got below my little threshold. <laughs> but my it's my my last book was 2016 and I still ain't hit the threshold yet. Right, right, right. But that's just because I've been diversifying my shit like yeah. you know, I'm a jack of all trades. What was the uh, interest in you uh starting a publishing company or who kind of like gave you that game to say yeah. like, that's not, no, that's not necessarily the normal thing. You know for, it's saying? not usually normal for talent to transition into business unless either it's something in them that pushes yeah. them forward or somebody around them that's like, this you, is the next step. You know, it was crazy. It's like I feel like, man, I had all of the pieces, but they just they didn't they didn't all come together. They was all just sitting on the side. Like um, as far as like printing books, I had tried to figure out how I was going to self-publish, and I went to printers. 
well, first I went to publishers. Publishers was like, we're not trying to hear women-related poetry from a black dude from the hood. So no thank you. So then I said, all right, well, I'm going to do this shit myself. So I went to book printers, and then I went to a whole bunch of printers. And it was like, Mike, you only want 100 books? We're going to charge you 7 bucks. I'm like, I'm not paying 7 bucks because I'm only trying to charge 10 15 So anyway, I went to this one dude, and he was like, Mike, I like your shit so much, I'm going to give it to you for like $3 a book. right? So I had this dude giving me $3 a book, and then I'm posting my shit on IG, and some of the people who follow me were like teachers and professors and shit. They was like, Mike, your writing is dope, but you, you don't either can't spell for shit you dyslexic or what? I don't know, but let me edit your shit before you come out with a book. And then so boom, I had a printer and then I had an editor. And then the nigga who made my insurance cards ended up making my website. Then he ended up making my book covers. So I said book covers, editor, printer. And then by my buzz, you know, we live in like a uh, be like who you see culture. Yep. So people was like, oh, Mike, you was doing your thing with the book. I want to do it. And then at first I was just giving you my plug. Here go my book printer. Here go my right, editor. Right, right. Here go my graphics dude. And then you know that that whole line about if you're good at something don't charge people for free then people used to hit me like hey i want to publish my book can you help yeah. me and then it became from me just talking on the phone to you to me creating like a youtube to me it's like you know what i'm just going to build this this thing this yeah. publishing company yeah and then once i started doing that it was just like a snowball, but it was just listening to people. Same thing I yeah. do with my poetry. It was like listening to them. And then my level of clientele got up so high, it got crazy. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm doing Wallow book. I'm doing this Chick Ming Lee book. I'm doing Tokyo Jets book. I'm doing Karen Civil book. I'm doing this girl, Big Booty Judy, Kaleidoscope book. And they all dropping this year. That's crazy. And I got I got 410 people waiting to do business with me Jeez. on the publishing side of That's things. That's amazing. Yeah. Man, God is so good. And that's why I take it with me everywhere I go. That's amazing. That's lit, man. Yeah. And it's and it's crazy because the, the one of the main things I realized about business a long time ago is it takes the same amount of time to f like for somebody like you to have the cold conversation of walking somebody through how to get a book deal as it and for free as it does for you to walk them through how to get a book deal, sign with you and make the money. Exactly. Either way, you're gonna spend the same amount of time exactly. doing all of the work, you might as well get paid for it. Exactly. And then I, the way I built my um my company was that it's hundred percent royalty free. So I'm the only royalty free publisher in the world. And because I believed I, I didn't want nobody to make no money off my story. So I don't want you to make no money off of your story. The only money I make is for the services that you I mean, work. You don't want to make no money no money off of anybody else's story. Right. Yeah, right. I don't want to yeah, I don't want nobody to make you sounded awful. <laughs> right, 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 right. I don't want you to make no money off your story. <laughs> yeah, I don't want nobody Should, else. Should night. night in the fucking book industry over there. Book night. Book night. <laughs> but nah, that's what that's yeah. what I was on. And I I mean, so at this point, like I like I I brought the printers. So yeah. I, when you make the book, you got to come see me anyway. Right. So it's not like a royalty thing. You just got to come see me. So is that a sustainable? I mean, obviously it is. You said you have a certain, you know, th financial threshold that you don't cr that you don't cross. Um, so is that a sustainable business for you? with you not taking a royalty? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, because you figure, you know, the cost of paper is, you know, cents. Yeah. You know, so if I get, I can I can produce a two hundred fifty page book for maybe sixty eight cents. Right now, then you got to take a look at that compared to your contemporaries. People are charging big box companies are charging four dollars for that same book. So if I meet you for three, I'm still making two dollars and seventy five cent off your book. Yeah, you now, you need a thousand books. Then right, do the math on that. Right now, so if, if if I have if I'm if I'm bringing twenty five thirty books to the the situation every year, and then my my level of clientele 
goes up so high, you got to figure that between those six artists I just made, I mean, I just mentioned, we're probably going to sell about 200,000 books. Right. I was going to say, Karen Civil's book is going to sell. Yeah, it's, it's out of here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, <clears throat> so if you, if you look at, like, all right, if I'm getting two bucks a book for every book she sells, plus Wallow, plus Tokyo, it's like, you know, and then that's all this this year. And then they got to come see me this year, next year, the year right, after right, that. Right. So, I mean, it's super sustainable, and it's like, you know, I, I still I still give you freedom. Like, are you taking a four dollar product and selling it for twenty five? And then with my logistics stuff, uh, you know, I got twenty two hundred private bookstores. I can get you in Target. I can get you in Amazon. I can oh, get you shit. in the airport. Um, I can get you on a seven city bookstore tour in Europe if you want. Um, so it's like, yeah, like I'm just. You know, just plugged. You a real, real deal publisher <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah it's, not, it's not that Ricky Dick yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, no. no, and that's why I wanted I mean, you to kind of. It used to be though. It used to be. So <laughs> I don't, I don't want to shame. I don't want to shame people who just start because when I first started, it, I was direct to consumers. Like, listen, this is all I know. I know that if you, if I give you a product to sell on your website, it'll sell. But now it's like you know, through years and relationships yeah. and just you know, my level of resources comes up, but yeah. that now I can. Say if you had somebody that came to you and they're like, yo, Mike, I want to do a book, blah, blah, blah. This is the premise. I got X, Y, Z. I got these thoughts together, whatever like that. <clears throat> and they just want to do straight digital. How do you handle that client versus somebody that wants to, uh, how do you handle that client and still make money for you for somebody that just wants to just push their thing straight digital, whatever like that, And they, but they just don't know where to start? Um, I mean, the first thing I would say is digital has like a ceiling to it. Um financially because you can't charge but so much um now that i you know I, I i do have ways that i could uh that i could you know make you cash out more so than what you could have or what you probably would have right but i think i think 60 percent of the business that i do for people it, it's of no profit to me okay um and that and i and i'm fine with that yeah. because um you got to see my editor and you got to pay her for that. You got to see my designer. You got to pay him for that. You got to see my admin persons do the copyrights and the listings and all of that. So long as your team so, eats. So as long cool. as as long as I'm getting money off of them, then yeah. I let the big fish take care of me. And that's how you got to kind of be with business. Gotcha. And I'm cool with that. <clears throat> yeah. So I don't look at every I don't look at every client as a as an opportunity to make money as much. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Is I, I do it as a you know helping a person yeah. get a dream on paper. Awesome. No, that sounds like you got it all together, man. It sounds like a real you know a real solid business plan. And yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah I, this, the, this is this is intriguing. Like it really got me <laughs> like I'm gonna go home and start a book publisher. <laughs> we <laughs> know a book publisher. Yeah, this For is sure. Yeah, For sure. And that's my man. And I didn't even know he did all this. Shit. No, I mean I really tried to like Philly. Like it's, it's so unfortunate. That um, you kind of got to conceal some yeah, of your you talents really and what you got going on. Conceal it unless unless you're far enough to kind of separate yourself mm -hmm. from it. Like, cause I've been on the other side of this thing, and it's so like my therapist would say like it's trauma attached to it. But like I don't like the reasons why I don't drive a Wraith or have a bust down Rolly is probably not because I can't afford one, just because I don't like drawing a lot of attention that comes with it. Same way when I talk about like some of the things I'm blessed with, I just don't want it. I'm I'm so accustomed to be you being. At the top of something, automatically being a target. 
And I, you know what I mean? I got too much life left to live with somebody that... You got a certain amount of street ethics and what your back, uh, your back, how you was raised there. For sure, for sure. Dictates how you move through life. And I don't, I mean, you know, the, the therapist in me would call it trauma. The street nigga in me would call it like street smarts. So I'm really trying to figure out where I am in that scale. Yeah. But it's a little, it's probably a little bit of both. So what's this, so what's to prevent you being as though how successful you are? When did you start professionally like doing poetry and all? Start getting, start turning the buck off of it. Uh, March 13th, 2013 was the day I quit my job and dropped out of school. All right, so going on seven years. So yeah, it'd be seven so years. So what's to stop you is, you know, as big and as successful as you are from moving to LA or moving to South Beach or moving to Europe or whatever and really being able to fully enjoy the fruits of your labor because now you don't have that Philadelphia pressure on you of feeling like a target. Well, see, what keeps you in Philadelphia and not saying I'm up already, I'm out of here. See me, see me in eight I, years. At least I know the ops here. Okay, I know the, I know the, I know how to get out of jam here. I got niggas to call here. Right. If that makes sense, like I go to L.A., I might end up in Slauson. I might end up in the jungles. I Make might the end wrong up in Kershaw. And, and then it's like I don't even got like I, I got hella baddies if I'm trying to have a party, <laughs> but I don't, I can't get to no strap. You feel me? I don't know a place. Yeah, I don't got no safe house to run into. I don't know these niggas. I don't know if they blood, is they crib, is they is they weirdos or what. At least in Philly, you know what I mean. I can make two phone calls and probably get in touch with anybody I see. So it's like it's that comfort. So yeah. I, I rather I rather be the man in a place that I'm familiar with than go out somewhere else where everybody's the enemy. Right. And I and I think that I I know that at some level like. I was in Dubai when my mom took my mom to Dubai, and I'm in this random-ass mall on a Wednesday, and I see five dudes from Nigeria who are, like, waving at me from three levels down who say, yo, stop. They got on three escalators, fucking ran up to me and said, yo, my name is Mike. We from Nigeria, but we follow you, and we just seen you in the mall. We want to take a picture. This was 2014. Yeah. I'm like, all right. See, this shit is crazy. And then I always revert life back to lyrics, and it's like that kind of line about, I can't go to the grocery store. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm like, man, this shit is scary. Yeah. So if I'm in Dubai, not fucking... You're a million miles not, from not, home. Not Deptford, right. nigga. I'm in Dubai, <laughs> yeah. and you didn't know I was here. It's not like you... you, you I didn't said, plan to be here. You yeah. just was in the same mall that I was at, and you're from a whole different continent, and you recognize me in that way. I think those were like the early warning signs of me being like, oh, man, this shit is too much for me. It's going to be too much because I don't want all of the shit that comes with that level yeah. of popularity. You're scaring Matt right now. <laughs> 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 no, I'm no, going to tell you get the fuck out of here right now. Like, you already know. that I say that shit all the time. Like, having the that. that. I want the money. Yeah. I want the, like, how you say you don't want to. Get a bus down. I, right. With the bag come, I'm going to look like Pharaoh. But I'm going to be in the house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Fact. I'm going to be in the crib. Fact. But it's just like that That part of things just like, I don't know. You no, know what I'm it, saying? It, like it I, gets, The accessibility piece scares the shit out of me. Facts. I mean, even my mom. Like, my mom would go do a case at, like, well, she's like a case manager for some healthcare company. Like, she would go do a case. And one of the nurses that she works under her, like CNAs, was like, oh, my God, you Mike's mom. She being acme. Oh my God, you Mike's mom just for me. I think it's insane it. yeah. that we live in a world where people like, you know, you make it to a certain level and people feel like you're doing good, you're successful. You you almost can't even do regular. Like you can't just go to Applebee's because Applebee's no. is lit. No. Why the fuck is he in Applebee's? What he fucked up? And it's like, <laughs> man, these fucking nuggets is great. It's the catfish joints. It's terrific. And it's just you can't. It I saw the other day. I was on my Instagram. I was scrolling like the Explorer joint, which yeah. I never really do, but I just was on it. I that saw shit some is a bottomless pit. 
The shade room, the shade room came up on my explore shit. Trey Songs deleted his Instagram. Why is this news? I'm like, why? And it's fifty five thousand. <laughs> so I'm like, why is this news? But it's just you. You can't do regular shit, and that that part mm-hmm. a little. Yeah, it does. I mean, you can't you can't do regular. I'm shit. all in for the pilot. I literally told. I talked with him. I talked with Rod, Jules, my lady, my pot. Like I've talked to a lot of different people to where like that was what I was teetering on before. Like this shit feels like it's like blowing up because we got people in different cities. We got yep. people in different countries who really, really are like in it. I tell you, I'd be out. People, we, like, we got a fan base in the Netherlands. Yeah. I've never been to the like fucking people, Netherlands. People like how you say people legitimately. I drive a bus. Motherfuckers get on the bus. Yeah, man. I heard on a podcast when you was like, and I'm just like, yo, get behind that yellow line. <laughs> <laughs> the right. yeah, separation of church right. and state. And that, that part like bugs me out a little bit. It's just like, what happens when we get the exclusive interview or we sign a big deal, you know, right. Lord willing. It's like, what happens if we get the, the live show at the Met? All these different things we've discussed amongst each other. It's just like, then what? You just got to tell yourself it's going to get crazier so you can't freak out yet. You know what I'm saying? Like I, mean, I and I, I know like like how that John, yo, 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 y'all running up. I'm 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 from here. Right. Right. <laughs> like, no, I'm like, like I'm like the pop off taken. I'm like the pop off taken. Right. I mean you can only imagine, like, forget the fans. It for me, it be the niggas who they girl got my book and stop fucking with this nigga. And he know. And then he see oh, me yeah, out. Yeah, you like, got to deal with you, that. I, I know what it looks like when a nigga know me because his girl sent him a screenshot of my shit. Because you know. the one that told her to know her worth and yeah, now it's exactly. over. Exactly. And now this nigga want to rumble. This nigga want to rumble. He's, he's hot with me. He won't even speak to me. But he'll stare. It's like, oh, this that nigga right there. It's the poet nigga. It's the poet nigga. Yeah, oh, Rob, my see your nigga oh, my God. How many times do you think you've been the poet nigga? Daily. <laughs> Daily. <laughs> it depends. Like, what? If I, like, I was at, uh, I was at uh, Golf and Social on Sunday. I was a poet nigga like four times. This one girl, she gave me a Wally. Her brother was fucking hot. But she, did, she knew I was the poet. But yeah. he didn't know. And she was upset. Like, a lot of that times, that fangirl moment shit, it's like, you might be with your nigga, but if you see Mike, you are going to leave your nigga right where he stands and hug the shit out of me. Or when you bring your nigga to a show and he don't know what to expect. Ladies, please don't bring your nigga to none of my shows no more, please. (laughs) Unless you brief him before, because when I I get in my act, everything that I say is cool, and he would probably be more receptive of it if you was his sister or his mother or his daughter. But sometimes when you his... When you his girl And he's that, doing some of the shit That you that, talking about Now all of a sudden I'm, you, you, I'm the you be pulling price. bitches up on stage And shit like that No 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 no, oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm thinking like you. He's like, just saying like the content Like, as the, far con- as, like oh. yeah the content of you my messages Remember told uh, Bitches not to bring the nigga <laughs> to the show Well <laughs> right. that was for a different reason yeah. Right But no 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 I think it's just some of the content That I do Like you know And it's just the way they receive it Like they don't receive it as like uh, Another black man Trying to uplift our black man It's like no But it don't be like A bunch of men ain't shit Type Jones <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, if it don't fly, let it fly. It's yeah. in there. It's in there. I mean, but I mean, I gotta call a spade a spade when a lot of niggas really ain't shit. I, I say it all the time. Niggas is terrible. <laughs> this niggas is terrible. But then it's like what came first, the chicken or the egg? I think that if niggas was able to not get kids and home cooked meals and pussy by terrible niggas, then maybe niggas wouldn't be terrible. So who's really to blame? Right. You know, if like nah, niggas no, ain't shit. Go both ways. Right. Why ain't you stop fucking them yet if they're not shit? But I, I mean, it's so it's like I don't I don't pick sides. But a, like a woman, in, a woman is more receptive about her shortcomings than a man will ever be. Yeah, but that's very why true. I, I have yeah, a question about yeah. that. 
the like there's like a feminist movement that's going on online modern day feminism and and once upon a time feminism for those that don't know is like a is like a uh what do you call it like a a platform created you know basically by white women to protect other white women basically over time they slowly have started to start to include women of color black women um particularly in that as a way to push their messaging forward sure but it's but the original platform of feminism was not created with black women in mind whatsoever so i have a theory that because of like the rampant feminism and it just being pushing people's face every day me too time's up just tag against patriarchy the whole shit that now women are less receptive to hearing their shortcomings and where they can do better from men in particular. Because I see it on like Twitter and Instagram where a man will throw something out there and it may be in a joking way or maybe in a snarky way. For sure. And then it it immediately turns into... This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. I've been almost canceled on numerous occasions. And if it wasn't... I, can't, I had to cancel myself. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And I think, I, yeah, I think we're definitely in a situation where there's this hyper-feminism, right? And then, like... This, That's a good way to describe it. I like, like that term. Um, I mean, and it, like, there's, there's, there, is a, there is a spokesperson and a movement for even the smallest of things. Whatever right? it is. So, like, let's say my... Let's say I did a poem about women who should respect their bodies more and not fuck niggas so fast. Right. I have people who are and I was totally oblivious to the term, but obviously there's a term for that called slut shaming. Right. And there was a there was a group of women who took slut shaming on as their charge, their subdivision of hyper feminism who would attack me like is they pussies. They can do whatever they want with it. Fuck out of here. You a man. You can't tell me what to do with it. Yeah, Amber Rose and 21 Savage. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know. But it was like I don't think anybody at that level would just see me as the poet. Like, all right, cool. But there's always people lower than me, right? Yeah. Like I've never had like a I've never had like a, a a higher a higher level of person or platform reach down to talk shit to con- it, to, it's, to it, condemn it's, what you were saying. Right. It's always like this nuanced group who 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 like. Are looking maybe maybe they're looking for for a roar out of me or maybe they really just don't fuck they with look, my shit. They might be looking for a way to make a name off of your name and put their platform on the map. Or they haven't had the time to dissect my whole entire brand from front to back. They're looking at a snippet. They're, they're looking at, at one, one poem, poem out yeah, of a right. million. We, we go through this a right. lot. Yeah. They don't they don't see the eighty women that have tattooed my logo on their body. They don't see the thousands of women that I've I've, I've catered to. They don't see the millions of books that I've sold. They just see this one poem and then want to attach it to that. But I think that that's just one of those things. It's like, you know, it's 2020, so you got you to prepare for it by not giving a fuck about it. I like that. Yeah, I just wanted to add this because it's like, you, you know, just what you're saying, women are more receptive to taking the message. I'm like, yeah, some are. Yes. But uh, uh, there's a small, <laughs> that's a segment of the population that's like, a man say anything regarding a woman is like, nope, get him out of here. He canceled. Fuck his whole movement. I don't care how many homeless people you fed. Yep. I don't care how many yeah. downtrodden women you financially supported. <laughs> Fuck you. You got to go. Yeah. 
that's like life now. Yeah, it, it, like you said, there's a movement for everything. I mean, that's when they. I mean, when they gave everybody a voice, then they gave people that listened to their voice and that empowered their voice. So not everybody, you know, nobody's wrong anymore. Exactly. And then they're, they're, you can find fault in everything and everyone. I, I mean, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Oh man, uh, this was a great conversation. Yeah, this is, this sure. has actually been one of my one of, <laughs> one, of, one of our better ones, one of my more favorites. Yeah. Is this live or no? No, it's not. No, nah, we just record and then we edit and drop later. Yeah. Okay. Cause my phone was blowing up. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet. It's, it's, yeah. I feel like our phone's gonna blow up once you uh, once you post us. Right. Really for so. sure. Um, anything else? Um, you know, exciting that you're working on? Maybe stuff down the line for 2020. Anything you want to talk about? Um. Shit, man, I I don't got nothing. <laughs> I don't got nothing. Like I'm really in this. I'm really. We in do this. our next live show. He might have to be. Uh, oh, I definitely yeah, for sure do a pop on up the, on the panel. Like we do a panel situation. Yeah, yeah he he might definitely have for to be sure there. anything. Yeah, that's 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 lit. But nah, yeah, I don't really have nothing coming up. I got you know, like I, I I'm really in this space where I uh, I've let I've, I've I've chilled so long that I think a lot of people have caught up with me in terms of like my leverage and my power in this. In this space that I'm in, so now I'm, I'm just in that that's, that fortress of solitude moment <laughs> where I'm like, all right, how am I going to separate myself from people? He even talks like a poet, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how am I going to separate myself from everybody? Because yeah. like you know, since I've come, there's been hella cats who are now poets or now writers or motivational speakers who cater to women, and that's like you really can't differentiate us from each other. So now it's like, all right, how am I going to fuck the yeah, game what's, what's, because I, I, what's Mike? What's just Mike 2.0 look like? Yeah, exactly. And that, I mean, and that's where, and that's where I'm going in. Like, I don't know if I want to fucking hit up all my Grammy friends and, and make an album. I don't know whether I just want to do poetic videos. You know what I mean? Like, I used to just post six times a day and use that volume as my traction to succeed. But... I see Beyonce, she posts, what, once every three months? Yeah. And that shit is viral, right? So the only way you can be viral is to not be as accessible. So I'm kind of reshaping all that A certain amount of power with exclusivity and not being accessible. Right. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking about that, but at the same time, like I said, I got five books to come out with. I just grabbed, like, two uh, real estate investment quadruplexes that I'm working on. I'm trying to spend more time with my family and shit. Yeah. Like, like that's really that's really what I'm on for this year is just trying to spend more time with my family. I feel like just, yeah. you know, as young men with ambition, we just beat ourselves up so bad just, like, working, running, working, ragging, working, and working, 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 and working, working, trying to achieve shit. And it's like, yo, you look up and four years then went by, and it's like, exactly. yo, I ain't... I see my grandma six times or some shit like that. And it's Literally. just like, we right. gotta, you know, really appreciate and cherish uh, the time that, we you know, we got with these people that's in our lives, man, while they still around for sure like around uh, you know just around mentally as well as physically you know yeah. like my grandmom is alive she's 102 now she remembers me by name but a lot of the other things she don't remember now that's a blessing but when i look at that like my mom at 65 and she be forgetting pots on the stove and shit i'm like damn man you know like that really puts a lot of shit i'll be doing in perspective it's yeah. like you know you think you got these people long and it's like man my mom's 65 yeah and you know Real it could talk. be 72 and my know, dad my dad's 71 yeah, and it's like, man, you think you got all this time until you don't, and that shit, that shit really changes my whole thing. My grandfather just passed uh, almost a year to the day. He uh, passed January fifteenth last year. He was ninety nine. Mm. So it's like, and he was literally like up until the last couple weeks was like, he was drinking corn liquor. Like yeah. the last time we was all in his house, he was drinking <laughs> corn sure. liquor, like dead ass, like ninety nine still. He was pissed because like my aunt wouldn't let him drive no no more. Right. He's like, I'm trying to go to Walmart. Like y'all, y'all hate. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, you do kind of get stuck in that mode where it's just everybody gonna be a hundred. Yeah. And cool and living cool. and eating. And, and the reality of yeah. it 
is is that they not man yeah. and, and you know that time is important man that you spend with people yeah. And uh, creating memories and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, I, I appreciate you coming through today, oh, man. man. You, you, Thank you, you for having you've me. been dope, man. Something I want to ask you before you bounce out. Yeah. Are there any poets that you really, really like a lot, or anybody that you feel like is like next up? And it got to be Mel, just in uh, anybody in general. Well, uh, first Maui. Maui's my dog. Um, she's local here. Uh, she's really fire. I like her. Uh, I like her. Her innocence of it, like she hasn't, she hasn't turned the career of poetry and become a capitalist. I think she's really, like, real good on actually like giving a fuck about her craft. On on some, I would do it for free. Right. Um. Uh. I got this other dude I've been running with. His name is Jovan. He's local Philly cat. I heard of him. Yeah. He's um. Yeah. He's been at, he's been at a couple of my shows. He's from this collective called uh, Black Boy Fly. Um, it's actually got the dude Mike, you know, the dude uh, Mike Brown, who was in that situation with the white dude and got yeah, yeah, yeah. getting a stab. And yeah, he's a poet. He was, and I think that's a uh, um, a lot of reason why he has so oh much support. You're talking about the downtown situation, yeah, the downtown the situation, oh, the Rittenhouse shit. shit. Yeah, he's a poet. And the dude Jovan that I'm tight with, um, he's a part of that. Him, Mike, and another dude named Maul. They um, they really tight. Um, my man Jamar, he's fire because he's a poet, a singer, and a guitarist. So it, it really like brings that whole thing into the pot. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably it. Maui, Jovan, and then um, Jamar. Um, but yeah, they all hot. They I, I, they all kind of next up, even though they've been in the space for a while. Yeah. Because I don't think the world see you yet. Mm-hmm. If the world ain't see you yet, you still got a chance to give the world your first impression, even though Philly might know right. you already. But um, yeah, they my dogs, and I'm trying to I'm trying to. Do like a Pochella sort of situation. That'd be crazy. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of fire poets all across the world. Um, I got my trademark in for that. We're gonna see what they say, yeah. so I can talk <laughs> about it. Uh, but yeah, I'm definitely trying to do like a Pochella because my relationships with like everything from advertisers to marketers to sponsors to Live Nation, it's just so easy. Yeah. But there's only one mic, man. I wish I could clone myself so I could have publisher mic, yeah. family <laughs> mic, poet mic, fucking mogul mic. You know? Yeah. There ain't enough hours in the day, and I yeah. I sleep a lot. Yeah, I feel you on that one. No man, but we appreciate you coming through, man. It was man. a pleasure, man. Yeah, we bumped into each other uh, randomly the other day. He like, how oh, I ain't on the podcast yet? What's going on? <laughs> I'm like, sure. come on Tuesday. Yeah, For sure, man. This is always good. I always want to do a podcast, man. But this is like a, the perfect little setup. I just need that wing, man. One day I'm gonna get him. <laughs> but if not, man, I just keep coming through y'all. Yeah, yeah no, nah, for sure. You got, we got open door for you here, yeah. bro. Whenever you want to come on, you got something you want to promote, you want to push, whatever. Just hit me up and pull right up, man. My guy, thank appreciate you so much. You, appreciate man. you, man. Give them, uh, give them all your social media, whatever, right, right for you bounce. For sure, Instagram, just Mike the poet. Twitter, just Mike the poet. Facebook is just Mike or um, Mike Reed for the personal page. Um, website is just Mike the and then you know, if all else fails, you could just Google. I'm total Googleable. Boom, he right there. <laughs> <laughs> totally Googleable, man. Uh, congratulations, much Thanks, success bro. going forward. Same like I said, y'all. you got an open door here, man. We appreciate you coming through. Appreciate Respect. you guys. Uh, we're back on the realest podcast ever. We just had our guest, uh, just Mike the poet, just left the studio, man. Great interview. Holy shit, I didn't know what to expect. Like, that's my homie, and it's crazy. Like, you know, you talk to somebody, you know, talk to somebody frequently, see him out, and you really don't even be understanding the level. 
gravity of some of the shit people be having going on. I had no idea he had all that shit going on. He's the coolest poet I've ever. I, I, like when you said poet was coming through, You're like I, who this dumb motherfucker? I think it's about to be a turtleneck. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? One of those little nah, like Mike, regular South Philly nigga. chains with the print symbol. You know what I'm saying? He was gonna come in and light candles and shit, have a kangol on. Like I didn't know what the fuck to expect. But no, he was he was pretty dope. Yeah. Like on and off the mic, like he's a cool ass nigga. You For know sure. what I'm saying? So yeah, shout out Just Mike the Poet, man. Appreciate you coming through. Like we tell you, man, you got an open door. We're gonna be doing some stuff together. We gotta uh we gotta talk to him. We gotta get our negotiation on about hosting at Poachella. We definitely need that look. Yeah, if Poachella's gonna be a real thing. I need I need to be there. <laughs> definitely need to be there. I'm looking for all of the uh all of the the the, the hurt chicks that's looking to somebody to uh yeah. to bring them back to uh bring them back to life. We could put AO up on the screen like uh <laughs> with a big ass X. <laughs> 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 Big ass X, no AM. We got a couple of topics we got to nail before the, uh, we get out of because we didn't. We this is the thing. We actually had like shit written down for the live show. For the live show, like a lot of shit written down. Took all of that shit, balled it up, and threw and it. Threw it, the it right? <laughs> out of the window. We didn't discuss jack shit. We had written down except Lizzo. Yeah, Lizzo was the only Joan, and that was by accident. The Aaron Hernandez documentary is like tearing up. The, the whole Joe's social going media. crazy. It's, I've uh, I've started following his attorney. Oh, Joe, Jose. Yeah, yeah. Start following his attorney, Jose Baez, and uh, like he's basically, you know, he he only talking his shit. Like, yeah, I know what I talked to them about for this damn documentary, and I know what I told them, and this and that. They didn't use ninety percent of the shit that I gave them. So they like they just he was like majority of the stuff for a, a documentary. The truth is left on the cutting room floor, is what he said. The the part that kills me about the documentary, right, is like. We we know what CTE is now, right? Yeah. It's it's been fully fully established what it is, how it happens, what it what causes it, and what are the effects of it, right? Junior Seau, um, who else was another big one? Um, what was the first ball from the Steelers? Mike something. Oh, the first shit. CTE guy. I know what you talk about. That was that was what prompted the whole the, that was the, the movie and all. Joint. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can't think of his goddamn name, but we've seen all these different people. Mike Webster. Mike Webster. And like literally, Junior Seau knew what was up to the point where he shot himself in the chest. Like, I'm not going to blow my brains out because I want right. y'all to look at this shit. And they literally they show you Aaron Hernandez's brain. Compared to a normal, you know, 26, 27-year-old brain. Yeah. And you can literally see through it. Like you yeah. can they see. said he had the worst case of CTE ever for somebody that young. You, It literally looks like broccoli. Yeah. Like, you can look through the brain. It's just crazy. And literally, the NFL and Netflix is like, nah, he was gay. That's why he was wilding. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? It's like, yeah, nah, this ain't it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't clap two niggas for, like, spilling a drink on you. And then turn around and, and do all of this, and it'd be like, oh, no, he was gay. And it'd just be like, yeah. Yeah, you nah. ki he killed his girl's sister's boyfriend. boyfriend. Like, what? <laughs> like, like, like he was literally catching touchdowns on Sunday and murdering niggas on Saturday. He popped main man in the face. That's why main man shit was all crooked. Yeah. The uh, light-skinned boy yeah. popped him in the face. He was found to be a non-credible witness because yeah, all, yeah. all the shit he was getting into. Aaron Hernandez was bugging, dog. He no, it's, it's it's just it's a crazy story, man. And it's like it's so many different triggers that you see, uh, you know, with him over the years, losing his father, 
um, you know, the shit with his mom and uh, his his cousin's husband. Mom, fucking uh, the the month after his dad died, his mom confirmed her affair with her with his cousin's husband and moved him into his house. So now he got to deal with that shit as a you know as a young man that just lost his father. And now your mom got somebody that you know in the house or whatever like that. Then uh. You know, they the the gay shit, that is what it is, whatever the case may be. But then just, you know, the fact of he came up playing football in an era where high school, college, we didn't understand CT. We didn't know what the fuck it was. No. So he's literally being tasked to go out there and play through injury. Like they was talking about on the Jones, like uh, the guy that uh, played for, I forget what team it was, but he was like at Nebraska. He seen, or was Wisconsin, one or the other. He seen yeah. this whole row of teammates lining up to get a tortoise yeah. shot. So basically so that they could play through the pain. And it's just like, that's what we came from. It was like, football's a tough guy sport. You know what I'm saying? Either you hurt or you injured. If you just hurt, you need to get back out there and figure it out. And there wasn't no tolerance for fucking head injury no. at all. So it's just like, you look at this guy and at 27 years old, he had the brain of like a 56 year old man or some old shit like that they said and it's just like this is terrible yeah that shit is wild it was a wild watch and uh it, it just it just seemed like it was so much lying going on in the in the documentary it's just like everybody was like in on it together and it's almost like they all like met us all right what we're gonna talk about all right bet that's the narrative that we pushing cool let's see if we get roger goodell on board right you know what i thought was interesting about the joint was his cousin tanya wouldn't snitch on him for nothing. For nothing. She, cancer, she was going to chemo and was like, I go to jail. I ain't snitching on my cuz, though. And his fiance, they literally got her on the stand and was like, what is that that he's holding in his hand? And she like looks like a black glob. And I'm like, bitch, that's a hammer. <laughs> that's a gun. But it just go to show you like what Dane be talking about. Like, get you some women in your life. Yeah. They will not flip, dog. Even... When his cousin was talking to him after she got out of jail and he apologizing and she like, I wasn't thinking about that shit. I would not like be mad at you. I would never flip on you. Like what? I don't give a fuck. Like yeah. she was like on some shit. Went through two. I think she went through two rounds of chemo. Went to jail and went to jail for her cousin. Lied the whole shit. Oh, I need to stash this. Uh, I just murdered two niggas. I need to stash this SUV in your garage. Put it in the. Oh, put it in the jail. Yeah. Put a tarp on it. <laughs> like, what? Cousin Tanya was riding. Aaron Hernandez was really out popping motherfuckers left and right. Like it was going out of style. Oh. Then went to jail and was wrecking shit, was beating that beating niggas ass <laughs> in <the> jail. <laughs> Like dog, a starting a starting tight end show up on the block. That's, it's over. That's scary. As shit. It's, it's done. It's over. Dog. Six four two sixty. I'm addressing all problems. Yeah, real rap. Like Aaron Hernandez, crazy. I give him credit because like I get an argument when I, with my lady. I'm ready to leave work. The fact <laughs> that you could just go and play in the Super Bowl after you done shot shit up. Oh, <laughs> crazy is that's wow. Aaron Hernandez was crazy. And it, it stinks because it's like you saw the joint with like Gronkowski when uh, he was sitting there and they yeah. like he was like man I'm like done because like you know it it is fucked up because it's like yo he really him and Gronk were really going to be like it yeah like they were the premier tight end like having a tight end tandem like that it's just never happened you know what I'm saying to have them both on the same team and they were same draft all of this they shit. were championship caliber like figure they went to the Super yeah. Bowl you know what I'm saying that was the joint they lost to. Uh, Giants. The Giants. Yeah. It's like they were they were super you know they were perennial yeah, super bowls. They, they won super bowls yeah. after yeah. after him. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, yeah, like, you know, Aaron Hernandez was gonna win Super Bowls. Like they were he was they beat the Falcons, they beat the motherfucking uh 
Who they just went against last year? Rams. Uh, the Rams. Rams. Yeah. Like you know they like they you know it. His life was like just set, and it's yeah. just you don't chalk that on some goofy shit over here without there being a serious issue. And then when yeah. they pull that brain out and you see it, it's just like and it was like they glossed over that part. They, of really, that was the, they was just oh, like yeah, no, no, that nigga gay, you know, yeah. uh, that nigga gay. No, <laughs> like, you brain, know he had brain CTA fucked up, shit, but, but, no, like, but why was he fucking with the ball? You know what I'm saying? It's just <laughs> how do we get here? And then the ball made zero sense. The the high school motherfucker. He oh, was with, listen, he was trying to get his shit off bad. He with, trying to get his, his, he trying to get a book deal. What'd with you his say, da- with his dad for some reason. Yeah, it was strange. He trying to get shit. a book deal. The, the the um somebody on Facebook went and found. Did you see that? They found Aaron Rodgers. I'm Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Hernandez high school stats, and they showed that the ball wasn't even his quarterback. Oh shit! It, it, did you see that, T? I I didn't even see that part. Because the ball. What was the ball's name? I forget, but it wasn't yeah. Coyle, was it? No, it wasn't Coyle. The bull Coyle was his actual quarterback. Okay, and they were showing how, um, for that season for two thousand and four, five, six, whatever the years was, yeah. this bull had. 2,100 passing yards. The next season, he had 1,800 passing yards. Next season, he had like 2,000. And we're showing how many receiving yards Aaron Rodgers. The bull was literally like, for the season, he was like 12 for 17. <laughs> so he was like the, the garbage time the garbage quarter, quarterback. The back, he, like, he, he wasn't his. But, but they the made is, it seem like he was this bull star. Yeah. And it, just like that right there, it's like, oh, y'all lying. Yeah, because somebody dies, and then now motherfuckers get to tell whatever story that they want right. to tell. You know what I'm saying? Crazy as shit. Did you see the whole his fiance looks like Bow Wow shit going on? What? Do you didn't see I that? Didn't see. <laughs> Did you notice that she looks like? She Bow- does look like Bow Wow. Yeah, they literally like they like altered a, a picture to where it's actually Bow Wow in her <laughs> shit, <laughs> and people couldn't distinguish whether it was her or Bow Wow. I'm like, y'all are ridiculous. She definitely man. look like Bow Wow. Yeah, but the um, she turned on her sister for this motherfucker. Get you some women in your life. Yo, for my for my man. We talked about it at the live show. That shit is real. Like, some women around, they is riding. No rap. Nothing to talk about. They got her on video taking the fucking safe, taking the safety, the, the, the yeah. safe box out. She like, what, like, what was that? Oh, that was just some trash. Some shit I, I took know, to the dumpster. Man. What dumpster? What happened after that? I don't know. The trash people came and picked it up. One of them dumpsters. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you talking about? All he had. The craziest part about the whole shit is all he had to do was have the security footage wiped, and it was nothing to talk about. It's crazy. And they had it partially wiped, but not all of it. Right. And that video of him walking around the crib with the gun, like trying to find somewhere to put the gun, is like, come on, Aaron, what the fuck are you doing? Who has cameras throughout their house like that also? I mean... I think he had some other shit going on, like some street shit going on, and because of that, he was probably paranoid and set all them cameras up like that because he was... well, they said after he popped the bull, he, he kind of... He had the NFL get him an apartment, but he turned it into a trap house. Right. <laughs> like... Like I'm in this joint, <laughs> kind of raggedy. I might as well just go ahead and trap, trapped it out. Aaron Hernandez is shot the fuck out, man. Crazy as shit, and was really excelling on the field. Like he really had time to like show up to practice, be a good player, learn the playbook, like all of this shit, and was killing people on the weekends. These are the three murders that we know about. I was about to. You figure. He, they, I got him at least for three more. He, he he shot the bull in the face. That's an attempt, yeah. if nothing else. You know what I'm saying? So he got three murders in one attempt that we know about. For sure. 
Yeah, that's wild. Wild as shit, man. Like, he beat the the two though. And uh, Jose Baez was like, he said, he said, listen, he said, I have no reason to believe that. He said there was plenty of stuff to pick apart from the original case. He's like, he's like, I could, he's like, I was, we were working on the appeal. He was like, I don't have no reason to believe that, um, you know, that Aaron wanted to kill himself or whatever. He was like, and people were trying to make it seem like, oh, he did it for, you know, this reason or that reason. He was like, but I, I was going to retry his original case. Like, and it was, I had my defense together. Like. He was possibly going to come home off of this. So it's just like a crazy situation all the way around the board, man. NFL career. Like, out the window. And then when you realize how young he was, like even coming to the NFL, he was like 19 or 20 coming 20. into the NFL. Because he fucking was so far ahead in, like in high school and shit. And then he went to Florida, started year one. Played wide out, played tight end, whatever like that. And he was a vital part of their offense. I say all the time, I know they locker room was crazy as shit. That had to be nuts. Him, him. Tebow, and Harvin. Yeah, Percy Harvin <laughs> and shit. You know they shit was crazy. You could probably do a whole documentary just on his Florida years. Real too. talk. Like with the whole Tebow situation. Yeah. They get away with anything down there. I remember I didn't even know who Tebow was. I That weekend in football, I was down, I think I was down like 800 betting on college football that day. And my man Steph was like, yo, the Gators play at 8 o'clock tonight. And I'm like, so uh, he was like, take the Gators for whatever you down. Get out the hole. And I'm like, man, I'm already down 8. I'm just pay my little 8. Go to fuck. <laughs> like, I'm not about to bet that shit back and owe this motherfucker 1600 Because this is when we called bet yeah, that yeah, with yeah. the booking and shit. He was like, no, nah, I'm telling you, dog. Tebow, them niggas, going, they, they going to trash him. I looked. The line was 22. I'm like, man. I'm not, I'm not taking those 22 20. points. He's like, I'm telling you, dog. The Gators going to smash him. So he talked me into it. I took the Gators for a stack, and Tebow threw five and ran for three. He had eight <laughs> touchdowns that game. Three of them was the Aaron Hernandez and shit. And they won the game like sixty-six to seventeen. Or so I was, I was, I was up two hundred. I'm like, who we taking the ball? <laughs> Gators was crazy as shit that year, yo. That was when I first got on to who Tebow was and whatnot. But yeah, the Gators was wild them couple of years. And then Tebow was with him in New England too. Mm-hmm. After the. Uh, Cause who did Tebow get drafted by? Broncos. Denver. Broncos. Denver, yeah. Because yeah. he had that crazy playoff joint, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he came over to uh, New Orleans afterwards and shit. Yeah, like, crazy, man. It's a crazy, sad situation for real, Extremely. Bro. You know what I'm saying? His mom was a piece of work. Um, do his brother still fuck with him? Like, yeah. Goddamn Aaron Hernandez, man. Yeah, his brother was did the talk show rounds and all of that. Yeah, like, yeah. talking about his brother's death and his brain injuries and all of that shit. That CTE shit is crazy. That shit is nuts. And to think that the fact that the NFL just basically said it didn't exist. It's wild. They, it's like, their initial reaction was, this is bullshit. It doesn't exist. Like, bro, I'm grown men are hitting each other at the same velocity as a car crash. Yeah. With no car to protect them. You you think uh, that that's not going to have an effect on somebody? That shit is crazy, man. You saw uh, Carson had to sit out the game. You know what I'm saying? For the head injury. It's like, no joke. Oh, like you can get your head wrong. That, your teeth hurt. I told you I had a mild joint. Your yeah. teeth hurt. Like, all of this shit was stinging. And then the light... That shit hurt your eyes. Kill you. I had a mild concussion. So I couldn't imagine like a full-blown, I don't know where I'm at, John. Right. Like, really get your bell rung. Your brain moves. Yeah. That's essentially what it is. It's like a egg in a jar. Like yeah. that shit is moving. 
I'm cool. You know, I would, we literally were saying it the other day. He's like, if you had a son, would you, like, try to steer him away from football? I'm like, hell yeah. I don't want to. No. Like, at this point, because, one, the money ain't guaranteed. No. Two, the money ain't what the fuck it's supposed to Baseball, be. Baseball, basketball, soccer. Real rap. That's it. Go get you some shin guards, nigga. Like, did football? Nah. Just because it's just, even if, even if you make it to the end, with you, uh, for three or four years, like like you you watch that broke documentary, the majority of the motherfuckers on it was football niggas. Yeah, just cause you don't make what you're supposed to make. The way that the money is structured is is dumb. It's ridiculous. Like you get balloon payments, then you get little small amounts of money. Not everybody's equipped to manage a balloon payment of money, and then they're not paid you, throughout the year. You get bad financial fucking. Uh, you get a bad financial advisor, and you just got twenty seven million, and you ain't getting but three hundred thousand for the rest of the year. You're fucked. It's over. Let them decide, oh, I ain't paying this nigga taxes. I'm going to just embezzle this money or try to invest it or whatever, whatever. You're fucked come come the middle of the year. Real shit. Like, and, and it'd be too much of that shit going on. Motherfuckers out here in the A getting 40, 50 a year. That's niggas' whole salaries as football players. Yeah. Like for think, a seven year think, career. Think about how viable Marshawn Lynch is. Like Beast Mode, he's yeah. made fifty million in salary. That's what he's made, and he he hasn't spent any of it because yeah. you know he's been on his shit. But for his career, he's made fifty million. Yeah, that's what he's made. Fifty. Mike Conley Jr. this year is making thirty seven. I haven't seen Mike Conley <laughs> lay a ball up this year, but he's making thirty seven this year. Crazy. And that shit is it's just. Like, NFL players are literally, like, you could be in your prime in the NFL and make what a rookie rookie scale player is making in the NBA. Who was it? I think it was Odell Beckham was on his, like, rookie joint when he was, it was either Odell or Le'Veon. One of them motherfuckers, I think Zeke, too, was, like, literally leading the league in whatever the fuck he was in and was making less than a million dollars. Yeah. I think it might be Odell Beckham. Like, his joint was, like, 800 and something thousand dollars. It's probably whoever's uh, drafted uh, last Probably, it might have been Odell. Yeah. I want to say Odell. Yeah. But he was like leading the league in receiving, and he was making like 800 grand for the year. Yeah, that's wild. It's insane. You know what I'm saying? And like even in NBA, like the rookie shit shot up. Like, granted, yeah. remember before they didn't have that rookie shit. No, it was like, so, it was, well, before you could come in and just negotiate. Whatever the fuck, yeah. Whatever Big the, dog said, I need a beat. No, whatever the <laughs> fuck you need out the gate, nigga, this is what it is. And then they had the rookie joint, but even that, where it's like, it started off where it was like three to first year, four to second year, yeah. five and a half. Now that shit is below. Now it's like up. three, it's like three, first three years is like, 25 like or 30 million like and that. then the fourth year option or whatever like that is at like 10 million it's like yeah like you because i see how much lonzo was making i'm like what the fuck because the revenue like with these tv deals and this revenue yeah. and then in the nfl it's even worse because all these owners are like independent like these motherfuckers own the team and the arenas right so it's like you talking about the cowboys are worth four or five billion dollars you know what i mean the the seahawks are worth Three and a half billion dollars. Like these these teams and then these NFL deals. Think about it. You can't even repost NFL videos on Twitter without it going to the actual. Like when you click a NBA video, the shit will come right on. Yeah. You click an NFL video, it'll redirect you to the NFL site, and then the video come on. Oh shit. Like they own that shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they own all their content. You remember uh. Entourage, when Ari was trying to get the TV deal for the NFL, yeah. and Jerry Jones told him, well, we handle all of that internally amongst the 32 owners. What we could do is try to set you up with a situation where you could bring a team to L.A. Like, that's the best we could do for right. you. But as far as you handling the— Ain't the, none of that. He's like, we do that ourselves. Yeah. 
Like, <laughs> that's what make that whole them giving nine million dollars to the social injustice a big ass joke. It, it make it like just like what? Like, like Pastor Carl explained it on the pa- in the past on the show. The budget for the city of Philadelphia was like thirty for like social justice and right. different uh, city reform and community building and this and that. So how the fuck you supposed to take nine million a year and split it between Philly, Chicago, Camden, Wilmington, Delaware, uh, Cleveland, L.A. Like how the fuck are you supposed to do that? You're not Chattanooga. <laughs> you need some money, like like no, you. It's no. It's it, you're not accomplishing shit. It's wild. If you shit. took nine million a year for ten years and spent it on one city, you wouldn't accomplish shit. No. If you did that on a neighborhood, you might not accomplish anything. So yeah, the NFL they make way too much money for them to pay what yeah. they pay, and just the fact that my thing is the fact that contracts aren't guaranteed because realistically, I can go out there and in one play I can die. Yes. I can die. Like, let's just keep it a bean. The NBA at this point, I don't think there's a career-ending injury that could happen. No, they'll find a way to get you back. Gordon Haywood's foot came off. Paul George's leg came off. These motherfuckers are all stars. Yes. You understand what I'm saying? Um, outside of your heart stopping on some Hank Gathers type, that's the only thing possible. But that ain't even like a basketball injury. That's, right, that's a, a cardiac, you know. Yeah. Like, so at this point, the fact that you have, you can get your neck broke, your back broke, all these different things that could happen in football. Yeah, you can get paralyzed out there in one shot. Joe Theismann, nigga, that shit could come way off, and you on your LT, John, <laughs> like, put, get him in here. And that shit not guaranteed. And that, to me, is the wildest thing on earth to where there's just not, like, guaranteed contracts yeah. in the NFL. For the money that gets made and the revenue that's produced—how? Trillions of dollars are being made. It's just insane to me. But the documentary was was good. I, I enjoyed it. It was entertaining. We don't know if it was fa- how factual that's the, it was. That's the only thing. It's like, how factual is this shit for real? It's like, it was entertaining, but it's like— once, once you know, lawyers are basically taught to tell their clients and them they really don't say shit in the public about. So once his lawyers start Instagramming, I'm like, oh yeah, he might be some truth to this shit. Right, real talk. So, uh, check that out if y'all haven't seen it. Yeah, definitely. I'm gonna watch that Tyler Perry movie. Y'all watched it last night. Don't tell me. I'm gonna watch that it. That shit is wild. Yeah, I saw so many reviews. And Tyler shit. Perry hates black men. Yeah, I. I, I <laughs> I saw somebody the other day was like, at this point, I'm kind of, I, I respect this studio. I'm kind of just over this nigga. It's like, I already know what I'm going into, you know, like, I, just from all the different things I've seen. I tweeted seen. last night, I said, Tyler Perry Studios, $400 million fall from Grace Budget, $400. <laughs> <laughs> they filmed this shit in, like, rural Virginia, in, like, I a saw town the video I never heard of. The background motherfuckers was, like, eating and drinking, but wasn't no food on a plate or or, li- or liquid in the cups. <laughs> I was like, come on, Tyler. What'd you do with the food, honey? We don't need to waste this good food. <laughs> You know what I'm saying we just shooting the movie. Yeah, I'm gonna watch, I'm probably gonna watch this shit tonight. I have I still haven't gone and seen Bad Boys for Life it was yet either. So bad. Oh, Bad Boys for Life? No, Bad oh. Boys for Life. Uh, I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, I'm gonna go see that eventually. Um, but I'm gonna watch the Tyler Perry. I'm gonna try to attempt to watch it watch tonight. It. I'm, I'm gonna try. Text me your thoughts. I, I got you. I, I definitely <laughs> hit you on the group chat. All right, real quick. Um, somebody basically. Hit me with a question the other night going into the live podcast, and we just, of course, we didn't get to any of the shit that was going on. Of course not. But she was like, what artist do you think is better 
bigger, and who's going to be around longer, Lil Baby or Da Baby? Okay. I can start already. Artist that's better, it's Lil Baby by a mile. It's not even Maybe close. two or three it's miles. By a boat lift. <laughs> Real talk. The baby, boat. the baby is entertaining. As a motherfucker. He's entertaining. I like Bop. You know, that, that shit. I like mm. that. Um, his verse on the Megan Joan is still one of my favorite features of last year. That shit was awesome. He got a verse on Moneybag Yo album. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. I, <laughs> it's like, so bad. Lil Baby is... Lil Baby is literally on his, like... He's, like, on his 11th anthem. <laughs> that whoa, that Joan just goes. It's out of here. It just goes. And it, this isn't new. Yeah. Like... You know, he came in the game with an anthem, my r- dog. Real talk, <laughs> like the Joan with Drake, then the Joan with Gunna, it, it, the, the Joan with Gunna and Drake. He, right, he just keeps fucking going. You yeah. know, so it's like I, I understand that the baby has a lot of fans, and he, realistically, he's Billboard's biggest artist of yes. last year. Um, I think he had twenty one. Uh, joints on Billboard last That's year. Big. Billboard Hot 100. I, it was wild about it was it was he was tied at twenty with. I want to say Taylor Swift. I want to say I, I can't. I can't remember exactly who it was. It was a white woman. It was but a white woman. It, it was the baby, a white woman. They were tied for twenty, and he had his twenty-first right at the end of the year, so yeah. he passed her. Um, Halsey, whoever that is. Oh, I know who that. She is. was That's on a, a white woman. She was on the list with like seventeen or eighteen. Post Malone had like seventeen or eighteen, yeah. and Drake had sixteen. And I thought it was insane because I'm like, everybody dropped the album, except but Drake. Drake. <laughs> How the fuck this nigga got sixteen Hot One Hundred joints? But the baby, he had the most Hot One Hundred yeah. appearances of any artist last year, and he was on fire. I don't think his songs, like I don't see Bop being around the way. Uh, Drip too hard is going to be. Right. I, I just don't see that. He's not, you know what I'm saying? All right. So one thing about the baby that I respect is that he's very smart and strategic, and he knows his audience, and he knows what people want from him, and he gives them all of that shit. The antics, the weird I, corny clothes. Like, I legitimately feel like the baby is 2019, 2020's version of Busta Rhymes. That's exactly and where that, I'm at. With I it. think Busta Rhymes is one of the best rappers ever. He yeah. don't get the credit for it, but he's a phenomenal rapper. Yeah. So the baby's a really I think good his, rapper. His, his persona and his performance and his image is definitely over his records. It's and all of that helps to sell and catapult his records because everything matches up. The Instagram matches up to the video that matches up to the song, and he's giving you dances and and the Charlotte shit and all of that. He's bringing people into his world, which is very smart. It does not mean that the shit is actually good, though, because not a lot of that shit is good, or it's microwave music, and it's like, it's hitting, and then it's out of here in two, three months. And that's why he understands that I got to come right back on these motherfuckers in five, six months after my album drop. Soon as the last single dry up, I'm right back on their right. ass because people don't even remember. Like we was doing the TRP awards, you didn't even remember that Shug was this year. Yeah, how that about shit it? was April. Yeah. <laughs> like that shit, shit came out in April, and motherfuckers ain't really you know ain't remember that shit. So it's just like you know he's making um, good singles. The rest cut the deck with the rest of the fucking album. Usually it's like three four songs on there that's like palatable, and Baby is just making. Anthem after anthem and banger after banger, and he's hanging with the big dogs when he's doing records with niggas. Mm-hmm. Like, and you remember 
his his verses on these records with big dogs. You remember his verse on fucking Yes Indeed, just like you remember Drake's. You he low key washed Meek on Weather the Storm yeah. on Khaled album. Like so, it's like how is this possible? How is this twenty four year old kid from Atlanta that wasn't rapping four years ago? How is he that second verse on Whoa? He was that acting crazy. That, that like, my, that's my favorite verse of the like year. To so me, far. to me, Lil Baby is like a generational talent in terms of like he's not going nowhere. Mm. Like he's going to be around 10, 12, 15 years from now. Like if he wants to be, he got a great team around him. He got smart business people that you know is pushing his career, and he can rap, rap. Like he can rap like a East Coast nigga. Mm. Like he can rap. Like he be saying shit. Like he's not just like oh. Just throwing little catchy Migo for that. No, he can really, really rap. And he makes dope records. Right. Timeless records on top of that. So I don't think it's really like a fucking debate when it becomes, you know, between them two. I understand the baby's popularity. I did a concert with the man. He cools a motherfucker. And he understands his fan base and he milks that shit. He know what people want from him and he does it. Like he know the girls like his voice. So he get on IG and yeah, you know. He's like he <laughs> he knows how to work everything in his favor. He yeah, started yeah. the triller shit. He put triller on the mat. Yeah. With the uh uh, the Shug video yeah. blew Triller the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? So it's like he understands his fan base. He understands social media and how to connect all of that shit to an audience as far as selling records go. He And they doing that shit brilliantly. Um, but he just can't fuck with Lil Baby. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think so either. I, I like like it's a, but it's a bunch of artists in between them that I think that the Baby is not better than, but he's more successful than them. Like, he's not better than Dirk. He might not be better than NBA Youngboy. You know what I'm saying? But... He's more popular. He's he's as or more popular than them. I and got his, him better than Youngboy. Youngboy is the most viewed artist on YouTube I every agree. week. I, Somehow, somewhere. I don't understand it. You know what I'm saying? But I just know it's a segment of the population. The dirty young niggas love him. Like, they worship him. And it's like, I don't get it. But it's something in his yeah, music I, that's connecting I, I people to him. I think he makes better music than NBA. I don't think he's necessarily better than Dirk or Gunna. Definitely not better than Dirk or Gunner. Yeah, but I think he's better than Youngboy. I think Gunner, like I said this on the past episode a couple weeks ago, like, Gunner is the most slept on nigga out. Yeah. Like, Gunner is, Gunna. his whole shit on, everything he did on Thug Album and the bonus tracks, smoked it. Yeah. Like, and I just think that he gotta, you know, he just gotta find his sound a little bit more in terms of, like, how 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 the bit, how Lil Baby understands, like, I gotta come with a banger for my single Gunna needs to understand that also because his last, his first album was all in the same pocket. Like, as far as like production yeah. wise, he was still Gunna on yeah. there. He was floating and talking his drip and all of that, but it wasn't no big production What's to the help carry the shit with, forward. With, with them and Drake, Lil Baby Gun, that was never when, recovered. Never recovered. That was when I became like a real, like, I was like, yo, Lil Baby can rap, rap. Yeah. He said, to, uh, don't got that shit. I'm gonna leave it to Gunner. Uh, I can't even remember. The oh, drip. I ain't got a drip. I ain't, ain't got a drip. I'm gonna leave it to Gunner. Don't got that drip. I'm gonna leave it to Gunner. Came in this shit. I can't even. It's like right on the tip of my. But that was the joint. He was like the. Uh, I can't remember because we're recording. Yeah. If I wasn't doing it, I you could would literally run through yeah. the whole fucking verse. But like for me, and then it's like uh, my favorite Gunner moment of 2019 was on the. Uh, Pop out remix with Polo G. We pop out that uh, joke. He killed this. He said, "I ain't got a stain, and I ain't, and ain't got to explain. I'm in Miami Gardens with a Richard Milley playing. Like he was just killing, and, and Baby killed it. And then he came on and did some whole other shit. It made me forget that little Baby was on that jump. So Gunner is is you know like I told you, Gunner my my sleeper pick for 
you know, the biggest, the the hottest artist of this year. I'm interested to see what they're gonna do with him uh, after rolling out the uh, the Thug bonus album and all that. If they're gonna catapult, they're gonna capitalize off that momentum. He said, "Don't got that drip. I'ma leave it the gunner. Running this shit only been like, running this shit only been out two summers. That four by four truck I post three hundred. Go ask whoever they know how I'm coming. Ain't got no feelings. I'm here for the money. Treat every club like a magical money. He was running. Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> your little baby can really, really. He can rap. really rap. <laughs> like, he can, he's not like playing no. like goofy shit. He can really, really like." Rap, and then when I heard him on the Joan on Khaled album, I'm just like, your little baby, like he's not like just a drug addict, like this nigga can rap. And then that whoa, John, I'm just like, oh no, because he like once a motherfucker show you that they can do all of that shit, like you can rap on Weather the Storm with Meek, you can rap on Yes Indeed with Drake, you can do the pop record uh, Drip Too Hard we're gonna and then you can Even come the back with Even the he your... got with the baby on the Quality Control album and, and it called Quality yeah, Control yeah baby putting on for the city yeah, Bam, yeah and, he, that he, he, and he knows how to like rap his ass off and then what's crazy that the, the thing I really really like about Lil Baby is for all these anthems that he has it's him on the hook yeah he know how to do hooks that's that's Big, because yeah. a lot of niggas who can really rap really can't do that. Yeah. And on the flip side, niggas who know how to hook and bridge yeah. can't really spit. His, some of his biggest records are him by himself. My R- dog was him by himself. Like whoa, that's him on the hook. It's him by. <laughs> yes, indeed, that's him on the hook. Yeah. Like these, these is him. Like brand new whip to no kids. Tell him I close mm. and go. Like he know what the fuck he doing yeah. all the way around the board. He finds the pocket. Almost better than anybody Like Because it's like When you first hear Yes indeed That shit trick your ears Because you're like Is this his verse Or is this the hook And then once you listen To it four times And then you realize The separation You're like Oh this dude is slick Like he's slick Yeah like the way he be placing his shit because it be like a little unconventional sometimes. Like he raps in what's like called like seven eight, which is like. In fact, that's him on Drip Two R too. Yeah, you can fuck around and drown off this wave doing all these shows. I don't yeah, that's care baby. why. I'm going. That's little, yo, little baby. <laughs> well, really, baby is the, is the baby ball. really sick, yo. He really a rapping ass nigga who know how to do hooks. Yeah. Real shit. I'm just now thinking about it. Like, yeah, that's him on Drip Too Hard. He's slick, man, and he creep it creep up on you with it. Yeah, kind of like how a th- how Thug does. Like Thug, he reminds me of Thug in that way, where it's like Thug would do two verses, a bridge, and a hook, and sound like a different person on every part. And he's like, hold on, that's all Thug. Yeah. Like it ain't no feature on this motherfucker. Real talk. Like I, I like the little baby. I like both of them niggas for real. For real. I, I, I was listening to uh, one of the they got like a the baby mix. I hate calling him. Da baby, because <laughs> it's like the band. Remember when they were like, like I hate saying the baby. I was watching a clip. Uh, uh, I got caught on YouTube the other day. I was watching a clip of uh, making the band. Puff had made made everybody battle, and Babs was battling Mysterious, uh. and Puff was like, "Oh, we got one more <laughs> round to go. Don't nobody want to go home." <laughs> he was doing the Mysterious fucking voice. Puff is a dickhead. Yo, man. Where the fuck was Mysterious from? <laughs> I don't even. Wasn't she know, like a radio man. personality or some shit like that? I don't know. She was crazy as fuck too, though. Yeah, that was a wild little time period, boy. But yeah, I'm definitely taking Little Baby over the baby. Ain't nothing to talk about for me. I'm taking a couple people over uh, over the baby, but you know I respect his thing and what he got going on. And I, in the Buster Rounds comparison is literally perfect. Yeah, that's or uh. Luda Although I think Luda's a way better rapper than him Luda's a phenomenal rapper Yeah Luda's the And that is weird Luda never really got the credit But I'd be like He came out in a weird era 
No, I mean, like, just amongst, like, when people talk about the down south motherfuckers, it's like T.I., Lil Wayne, you know, Scarface. Because he wasn't street. And th- that's really what it boils down that's to. That's all I'm it like, down to. When it come down to it, Luda was selling more than a lot of these motherfuckers. He got more hits than a lot than of these motherfuckers. everybody until, except Nelly, until, like, Wayne and all that got, got caught in the way. one joint that he got wrapped up into some shit. I seen T.I. Luda hammer T.I. So it's like... Punish them. <laughs> like, I don't understand how motherfuckers just completely write off Luda all the time. I don't know if it's the Fast and the Furious shit. I don't know what it is. I just think is. people don't take him serious because he play a lot. So, that I told, you know, you, it's easy to get overlooked. It's like same thing with Buster Rhymes. Like, you know, even though Buster Rhymes wants to be known as, like, the gangsterous nigga from Brooklyn, even though he's from Long Island, which is weird. Yeah. But, you know what I'm saying? So, it's like, just for whatever reason, the, because of his persona and the, it, he gets, But Buster you know, Rhymes old. was really there. Like, Biggie really fucked with Buster Rhymes. Yeah. Buster Rhymes was, Buster Rhymes was in the sidekick on Who's the Man. Right. When they pulled them niggas yeah. over, they had the hammers <laughs> in the jack. Buster Rhymes was, he was in higher learning. Yeah. Buster Rhymes was there for all that shit. Buster was that boy, man. And it's like, I look at Luda, like, he hammered T.I. on Stomp. He smashed Jeezy on Grew Up a Screw Up. He outrapped all these motherfuckers all the time. And it's just, it's always T.I., Jeezy, Wayne, Ross, when we talk about the South. That's the, that's, that's it. That's, that's the, you know, modern day, that's the four. That's the big four. And I mean, in future. And then Gucci. But they just, if I, Luda, Luda, outside of Wayne and T.I., when he in his joint, Luda raps as good as Ross. I'm just go ahead and say it. Luda you can, can rap, you rap. get mad all you want. My man Esco, he always say all the time. He's like, he's like, Luda, he's like, man, he's like, I don't like a lot of niggas that plays like Luda is my favorite play around rapper. He was like, he got some weird shit in his catalog, but when he lock in and rap, like he can super, he's a A plus rapper Duh. when he lock in. But he just be even, doing them voices and shit. Even on a play around shit. Call though, it Luda Yak. Even on a play around when you look at like, what's your fantasy? Or, um, Number one spot, all, yeah. like these, he's still rapping. He was killing all of them joints. Yeah. Like what's the joint Kanye did? Uh, stand up. Like yeah. he he just was he was punishing beats yeah. for real for real. So I don't know. But yeah, I'm definitely taking a little baby over the baby. But the baby is better than some of these other motherfuckers who, you know. Yeah, out of the new guys, I mean the baby is definitely top five, top six, some shit like that, somewhere in there. Um, it's just little baby just as an alien. Out of new, out of new niggas, little baby might be number one. He's number one. Like I don't consider Thug a new nigga. No, Thug is shit. Thug low key been around like eight years. Yeah, Thug went on (laughs) tour with Drake, so it's like (laughs) yeah, not fair. Like yeah, I I I legit feel like little baby is probably the number one new nigga out there. I can agree to that. Uh, What else do we have? What else did you want? We got about what ten minutes? If that, I'm burnt the fuck out. I am. It's been a lot this past week. I ain't burnt the fuck out. Live podcast. Then I had DC this weekend. Then I came back. Had a party in Philly that night. Tried to get some sleep yesterday. That didn't work. I had a fucking court deposition this morning. Like I'm burnt the fuck out. I was at DC. DC was dope, man. The Saturday night party at Bliss was dope. Um, We had a Fabio Foreign Big Drip. My favorite dirty young boy from Brooklyn. He shut that shit down. Like he's just an excellent performer. Like he brought the energy. Like he definitely, he definitely came with it. Um, I'm never. With that being said, I'm never doing anything at Bliss ever again in life. I don't know. The owner is just like a fuck nigga. <laughs> like, I, don't know. And I, I hate to be the bearer. He's just a fuck nigga. Like he basically didn't support our event. Like you know, you meet you meet two three different types of club owners in like the nightclub business. One is like the motherfucking. The, the cool owner that understands that, hey, if y'all make money, that means I'm making money. Let's do what we got to do to come together and make money. Two, you got like 
the fucking janky owner that's like on fucking angles and like trying to find ways to rob you and shit like that. And then three, you got a motherfucker like a bull from 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 Bliss that's just like a fucking hater. And if he's not involved in the door or the event, he don't know how to function. So he falls into the third category because. We as a collective, all the Philly promoters, pay for the artists, pay him for the venue, whatever, took took the door, had our bar deal, negotiate all of that shit. When you structure the deal, you knew you weren't on the door. So at that point, a cool club owner would have said, All right, let me maximize the parking. Let me see if I can get a sponsor to come on board because they already took care of the artists. Let me find other ways to make money. Bringing my bottle service clientele, whatever, whatever. If Philly is bringing 450 people, let me match that with DC. And then now I make fucking 80,000 at my bar and eight grand parking and this, this, and that. He basically did nothing. Mm-hmm. He, instead of taking the opportunity to maximize off the artists that we already had booked, he said, All right, well, I'm going to let Philly deal with Saturday and I'm going to put all of my clientele on Friday and Sunday, basically. So he just basically didn't participate in our event. They didn't really promote it. They didn't really push it. So everybody that came down there, spent money and all that shit was from Philly. Like You have an event where, you know, Philly dominates the event. You do a fucking $40,000 bar. It's like with just Philly people, it's like, bro, if y'all would have supported us, we could have did a hundred. Yeah. So it's just like it's like it's basically like stepping over a dollar to pick up a penny. It's like, oh, I ain't I ain't on the door, so fuck it, I ain't supporting the event. But it's other money to be made right, within an event. event in the event. Like we would have Jones at Vanity all the time. Somebody would bring us an artist, whatever, whatever, and we not on the door. But we got parking, we got the bar, we got yeah. I'm saying shit. We we, hookah, we, we sold seven hundred dollars worth of teas. The <laughs> you other see day what I'm saying? In, 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 in twenty four hours, yeah. we sold seven. So it's like it's yeah. other money to be made. So instead of saying, "Oh fuck it, I ain't on the door," I'm not gonna support this event. Still, it's your club. Have some pride. Like yeah. support the fucking event like it was yours. Brand you could brand it like it's yours. We don't give a fuck. Let's put the people in the building. Right. He didn't do none of that. So it just was like, it was unfair and it was just bad business on his part because... Because his joint is like, I make money off the door the night before and the night after. So, so I'm going to focus all my energy on that shit. Right. Where I'm making money 360 degrees instead of just making it on being a club. But that's part of what's fucked up about the nightclub business is a lot of these clubs start booking their own talent and paying for it and shit like that instead of promoters because the promoters was too broke to do so. And it just flipped the promoter nightclub relationship because then the nightclub start looking at it like oh well what I need a promoter for if I'm putting my own money out I could pay to promote it on the internet radio whatever whatever so it kind of like fucked up the promoter dichotomy in certain markets that shit just don't work in Philly because Philly's a promoter driven market so it just ain't no getting around the shit so they can't certain people you can't get around me DJ Boo Talent when he was doing his thing Cousin Ewe he was really doing his thing like certain niggas you just can't get around because like if you want some shit to work you gotta you gotta tap in with them and you know and deal with them even if you don't want to certain moment, you gotta it gotta be somebody it ain't gotta be me it ain't gotta be boo but it gotta be somebody that's delivering your message directly to the people so with that yeah. being said the the weekend overall was cool about 450 people from philly came down there was around dc and all that um it was a cool event but it could have been like bigger and better and because of that i'm cool off bliss and the other thing is before before i Get off, get off my soapbox. Perception is a motherfucker. And look at on the outside looking in from this club, looking at all the artists that they book and the you know the 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 
club videos and photos and this the and that. Visuals. You think that this is like a well-oiled machine. Like, this is like one of the premier clubs in the country. And they run that shit like a corner bar. Cash money business. <laughs> like, they <laughs> run that shit like a corner bar, yo. And it's crazy to just realize that. And it's just like, damn. Another one, like it's like with, with, with uh, Ross say, "Damn, I really thought I thought you niggas really owned them cars." Like it's like one of them moments where it's like, "Damn, like you really just skimming and scamming like everybody else. Like you ain't no bigger, or better than nobody else. You just had money to invest and get you a fucking club, and then now it is what it is." But it's like, but you go other places. You go to Rose Bar. You go to Griffin. Shit like that. It's like a well-oiled machine. Like motherfuckers is really nightlife professionals. You go to fucking uh, Saint Saint Yves in uh, in DC that uh, Wayne and Tony own. Like motherfuckers is real deal nightlife professionals. Like they get the service aspect of it, the performance part of it, like all of that shit. And it's, this place is just like, yeah, we ain't got no pre-order bottle package. I don't give a fuck how much money y'all gave us. <laughs> fuck y'all niggas. Go home. Go back to Philly. Like, it was like some wild shit. Like, the reception was bad. And then at some point, the owner just disappeared. Like, he Damn. just he just went into, like, a cave. Like, some back door. Like, he hit a button on the wall and, like, disappeared. Couldn't find this nigga the whole night. Like, it was wild as shit, man. I'm just like, yeah. Next time I do a party in D.C., it's going to be at St. Ives or uh So, when these parties, where do you be at? Well, this particular party, I was, like, partying. Okay. Cause, like, I had people with me. Like, I had a lot of people with me or whatever like that. But that was the other thing. Like, we really spent our money. I bought a section. My man, my bro Lil bought a section and shit like that. And it's just, like, I can't find a bottle girl for an hour. This shit was just, like, real, How much were the real garbage. $1,000. Okay. So it's like just personally, out my personal network, we spent two two grand. You know what I'm saying? On top of the travel and hotels and all of this shit, like we brought a Philly brought a lot of commerce and revenue to DC this weekend. I hope they appreciate it, but they probably don't. Yeah. And that'd be the other shit about it. It's just like yo, you do all this work, and it's like, does anybody somebody, really care? Somebody down there asked me about a live show down in DC. I would love to do it. I would too. Like, I was like, you know, we don't want to jump the gun. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But yeah. By summer, and we like basically what people gotta understand is we want to come back trail right now. So like, we're doing good numbers, but we ain't doing what we was doing. So we gotta get a foothold of our home market first. Um, we're on literally like twenty two podcast mediums now. I'm gonna shout out everywhere y'all can. That's a that's something good. I'm glad we got into this conversation. Uh, shout out all the fucking uh, podcast mediums that we're on. Uh, Apple. All right, here we go. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Radio Public, Pandora. We should be on there like in a couple of days. Pandora for podcasts, YouTube, Acast, Pocket Cast, Player FM, Podkicker, Radio.com, ListenNotes.com, Downcast, Overcast, and Eyecatcher. Those are all the fucking podcast mediums that TRPE is on. So with that being said, you can just, like uh, Just Mike said, you could just Google us, the Rose Podcast ever, and it'll point you in the direction to, uh, you know, where you can find the show, whatever like that. So with that being said, you know, we have a good grasp on, you know, on our audience as far as, like, the people that we communicate with the most, our home market, New York, uh Maryland, DC to some extent, whatever like that, but we gotta get a hold on this shit as a as a whole. Collective. As a collective before we can start venturing out and putting together a ten city podcast tour and all of that shit. But if you know, if we get the feedback and you know, people are hitting us and stuff like they was once upon a time, 
then yeah, no, nah, we gonna definitely make yeah. it happen for y'all because it's it's not hard to do it. I'm I'm burnt out. I'm super burnt, that and heat, I didn't eat nothing. That so. heat is literally got me like. Cooking like a slice, yeah. slice of turkey bacon yeah. So with that being said man We just you know we just want to say thank you again to everybody That came participating in the live show Everybody that bought tickets but couldn't attend um, Everybody that posted for us That told a friend that snapped a picture Said oh the TRP live was so dope And blah 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 All the fucking support man is overwhelming We appreciate it um, We got another show hopefully coming up Late March early April And then another one around uh, Memorial Day weekend um, and then something in between we're going to work on with uh, Nerd the Cool Table um, for something in Delaware. So we definitely expanded a little further south, just not D.C. south as of yet. But, uh, you know, once we get the feedback and, you know, y'all let us know that y'all fucking with us out there, we'll definitely, you know, pull up wherever y'all need us to be at, man. So, so Realest Podcast Ever, episode 96. Like a ransom note just came under the door. <laughs> Get out So uh, we out of here man We appreciate y'all and we'll see y'all next week If you went on a road trip And you didn't stop for a Big Mac Or drop a crispy fry between the car seats Or use your McDonald's bag As a placemat Then that wasn't a road trip It was just a really long drive At participating McDonald's